and welcome to the Samuel and Manuel Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Manny Manuel. And Mike the Italian, Mike Chards, back for another edition. That's so true. For those of you wondering, where's Sam? Well, Sam fucking bailed. He apparently is busy. Weird how he always seems to be busy when Charles is in town. So he's never met Michael face-to-face. In my opinion, I feel like he's avoiding you. Yeah, I don't like it. I think he's worried. Uh, My highly intellectual opinion on these movies is maybe stepping on his toes. Oh, Sam, how I wish we could all be in the same room doing this podcast so bad, actually. It kind of makes me sad. I it, would, it would be fucking awesome. I know. It would yeah. be such a great time, and I am very sad that Sam's not here. But you're here in town. You made the trip up. We're going to go right ahead. Um, before we get into the uh, movie itself, I don't know if you – I know you're not as active in the movie chat group <laughs> as you used to be. But uh, I was bored the other day, and I, uh, I, 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 I put some stats together. Oh, here we go. And uh, they're all the stats of everybody that's made an appearance on our podcast. Oh, I love it. I'm second or third? Third. Okay. This the is first your, is... This, the... is, this is your number... This is your seventh appearance. Oh, I was going to say six, so number seven. So yeah. do you, can you remember the previous six? Uh, for sure. Number one would have been Point Break. Correct. Episode 55. Yeah. Okay. Second one was Inception. No. Oh, it wasn't the second. Okay, so was there one before that? You did Inception? I did Inception with you guys. Oh, the Stat King is incorrect. I, I didn't I have that. That's like the second one you did. That is the second one I did. Where is it? Yeah, you know what? I don't have you listed on here that you did it does that mean i have eight mm-hmm. okay so there's that then there's uh okay, hold on i gotta put this in then okay inception, that's well that's actually your first episode oh, inception was first and then and then point point break, break. okay yeah so episode 34 oh nice early i'm out here 34 oh does that mean when i was tied with rachel i was actually one ahead looks like it oh damn now you guys are tied Tied. here we go until we unearth another mystery episode that okay, I've been involved so that in. that actually fucks up something else I have, but I can, I'll fix it. You'll fix it on the fly? You know what? I might be able to fix it right now. Okay, I'll keep listening while you do that from my horrific memory. So we're going to do, um, so Inception, Point Break. Uh, we did, this won't be in order now, Chaplin. That's correct. That's, a new, that's the last one you've done, that episode 218. Mall Rats. Um, Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back. Yep. Um, oh, now this is going to be difficult for me. Um, I'm going to have to give me a hint. Was it an action film? No. Uh Uh-oh, I'm stumped already, and I have three to go? No, you have Inception, Point Break. Mallrats, Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back, and Chaplin. And Chaplin, yeah. So that and leaves me with tonight is eight. Oh, you okay? So you already count. that's six. So that's I have two more to guess. Yeah, oh, that's not too bad. Okay, so then that would be. Um. Oh yeah, I do know. No, I've lost it. I was something that I liked a lot before, and now I can decide. But I still gave it a four anyway. I think. 
I can't remember. You got a hint for me? I'm str- one of them? I'm struggling, yeah. Um, hmm. I got it. Easy. 12 Monkeys. Yes. Wow, how did I fuck that up? Okay, yeah, 12 Monkeys. And yes, yeah, so you're missing one more, which we did at episode 200. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. True Romance. Correct. Yeah. Okay, fuck. That was a struggle. My old man brain. You guys loved it. You gave True Romance a five. I loved it. Uh, Sam gave it a four. I gave it a three. We were a full split on that. Three, four, five. And I realized why I didn't like it what's after your, we had discussed. What's your Inception? Would have been a four or a five. Oh my god, I can't remember now. It must have been a five. I must have given it a five. That's what I thought. Yeah, five. Um, true romance. I figured out afterwards the reason why I didn't like it was because you would unearth something I was unaware of before. Is that Quentin Tarantino says that that character is the closest based to what he is like in real life? And although I find him a spectacular director um, and interesting, would be a good word maybe as a human and a director, but he annoys the shit out of me. So I guess that character in an entire movie perhaps is why I was a little more annoyed at that movie and didn't enjoy it as much as uh, you and Sam did. Still like it, but yeah. Loses marks. That changes everything. Uh-oh. No, it's okay. I'm fixing it as we speak. So then there's only one person that has more appearances than me, and that's the person that did... No, because well, you and you and Rachel are tied with eight. Oh, so we're the top ones. No. No, there's because, one more. Yeah, it's for a second. the person who did all the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan. Okay, yeah, I was. I couldn't remember who it was. She's at, she's at twelve. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a lot of catching up to do. And she's already got the next one lined up. Damn it! And she lives in this city, meaning she could come. She doesn't. Okay, has she she's ever in Calgary? Okay, has she ever done? Uh, I, I guess never, not. Never, never met, met face to face. In the movie group chat, <laughs> how many people have not ever met face to face? A lot. <laughs> I've never. I've only ever met you. Adam Lazanero, me and Wes one time randomly in a nightclub. That's it. I don't think I've ever T Bone. A T Bone. That's right. Okay. That was before movie. Yeah. So Duncan has never met anybody. No. So that's that's our newest one. Abby met Duncan because he came and played ball. Nice. And Abby knows Ashley because she plays on our team. Abby knows T Bone. And Abby. Let's see. I'm gonna draw a chart like a serial killer wall, where well, it's got go the here. pictures hey, so with Ray, the lines. My, you know Ray. Ray's oh, been Ray. on a podcast once. Ray's been on here once. Oh, I love Ray. And he has another one lined up. What a champ! So Ray knows you, Kyle, T Bone, Ashley. That's it. Um, We're making it happen. We're, movies are bringing people together, not just the movies, but the podcast. Okay. Well, the only people that like okay. Rachel and Jordan have never met face-to-face. Jordan, the only person that Jordan has ever met face-to-face in the movie chat group is Sam. Sam, there in Calgary. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're really bringing people together, Manny. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Portion of it angers me, which would be the, uh, what don't I like? The movie draft? The draft. Oh, it angers me. Oh, perfect. Oh, God, are we getting, you're getting into the movie draft next? This infuriates me. Actually, I am. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, But. Next. What I wanted to, uh, so it, it changed, so I had to quickly change this. Proceed. You've, you've reviewed seven. We're doing the eighth. Right. So we can't, we can't add this into the score. What do you think your average rating Four. is? 
You're close. 3.75. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I basically come on <laughs> to do movies I like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think Sam's average rating is of the movies that you've reviewed? 3.5. Close. 3.7. Yeah. What do you think mine is? 3.7. Me and Sam are exactly the same. No way. Yep. I'm 3.9. You guys are both 3.7. That's shocking. What do you think the average meta score is for the movies that you've chosen to review? On this podcast? Yes. 82. No, 79. Not even close. 64. Keep going down. No way. It's because we did Jay and Silent Bob and Mallrats. That's not my fault, though. Those are your picks. <laughs> you you picked two movies with Chaplin under 50. The Chaplin. Yeah. And... And Mallrats. Mallrats. Mallrats is the lowest. Yeah. It's at 41. That's a travesty. The highest is 74. Inception. 74. That's Inception. That's it? Yep. That's insanity that to 12 me. Monkeys are both 74s. Okay, so you, brutal. You, you have the lowest average Metascore? Oh, no, you don't. I okay, but hold on. I didn't pick Mall Rats or Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. That was part no, of your Jewish universe. chose to come in. Right, I see what you're saying. Thanks. So, guilty by association, I lose Meta. I guess that my other ones weren't that yeah, big. Yeah, because anyway. you chose to do those ones. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I didn't enough. say, like, hey, <laughs> hey, Charge, you're doing Mall Rats. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I stand by that choice. So, oh, 40, 100%. 46, 45? No, 57.7 is your average medicine. It's average. Oh, 57.7. Holy yeah. fuck. What do you think the average letterbox score is? So you're at 3.9. Sam and I are at 3.7. Do you think so that'll substantially bring do think, it down? Do you three, think letterbox lower. lower? Yeah. Not by much. 3.5? 6. Yeah. Okay. So your movies are not well-reviewed, but liked by moviegoers. Right. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Since you hate the draft. I hate it so much. I'm going to assume... That you didn't follow the last one we did. I haven't seen one in so long, dude. Perfect, because this one just ended. Oh, God. I should have actually gotten you just to give me, like, a top 10. <clears throat> we did the top 22 high school movies. Ooh. With the rule being, for it to qualify, you just had to have one scene inside the high school. Oh, nice. Easy. So, if it was Ferris Bueller's, you got one easily. That okay. counts, right? Breakfast so Club count. number one, Ferris Bueller number two. Are you ready? We're gonna <laughs> yeah. count down. Back to the Future. Twenty-two. Oh God, I'm gonna lose to it. Number one. All right, give it to me. Here comes the anger. Here we go. Oh God. Number twenty-two, Halloween Town High. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. Oh. I haven't. I haven't seen it either. I was this ba- is the I can't I can't stand it. I, I I might have even muted that group chat I can't fucking take it all right proceed with slinging more garbage my way number 21 16 candles yeah for sure okay. that's fair number 20 a shocking pick for me never would have approached my list I don't hate the pick was just shocked to see it there the outsiders ooh nice okay yeah look if it was if it was in top 10, it would, I think, piss me off. But at that spot, no no, no problem. 20, you're okay? And great cast, too. So we're good. Mm-hmm. Number 19. The uh, draft debut of Duncan. Oh, come on, Duncan. He Hit makes me. his first pick oh, is Step Up. Is it a dancing movie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, Duncan, 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 Duncan. Mm-hmm. You're not making me want to come in and look at the draft picks. Number any eighteen, longer. election. Ew. Yeah. yeah. You don't yeah. Like. I'm not a big fan. It's more. 
maybe I'm such a great fan because of how much I hate her in it, which is, I guess, the goal. But not a huge fan of that movie, but fair enough. That's, that's a decent pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 17, uh, chosen by your good friend, Adam Lesnar. Oh, he's still involved in this? Oh, man, must be pulling his hair out. Can't buy me love. Oh, love it. I wish it was higher. I absolutely wish it was higher. I just watched that again maybe two, three weeks ago. I, I love that movie. I watched it, uh, yeah, about two weeks ago. Classic. Me, Abs- and, me and Rachel did a watch along. Absolute classic. A, a young, annoying little Seth Green, too. Number 16, The Spectacular Now. Haven't seen it. Neither have I. Okay. Oh, oh, he's already angry. <clears throat> Do you want me to tell you about the ones I got uh, vetoed oh, as well? Oh, God. Yeah, at this spot? Okay, yeah. This we already got vetoed? Veto. Yeah. Okay, yeah, We're number 15. Okay, proceed. This is Ashley, a.k.a. Mushhead. Right, so it's a garbage pick. <laughs> she picks Twilight. Ah, make me want to vomit. Continue. And it got vetoed, which means it's going to end up higher on this list, which also makes me sick. So she did that on purpose to get it higher. It got vetoed. So at number 15, she plays Twilight Eclipse. Ah, more vomit. Proceed. At number 14, bring it on. Another dance one, right? Yeah. Bring it on actually isn't too bad. I love that movie. I was going to say, yeah. I do remember it. at 14? At f- that's how old you or that's how old they are in the thing no, it's f- oh at, at 14 that's what you're saying because it's young girls in that cheerleaders which cheerleaders. is always fun for the gents to watch but I do remember it actually being kind of funny and I liked it I loved it yeah Hayden <clears throat> what's the chick's name Hayden something Hayden Panettiere no that's the next one yeah the first, the one, first is, one is oh who you hate right yeah hate loathe yeah yeah, yeah. it's still that one's not bad Yep. The second one's even better with that Hayden Panettiere girl in it. It's funny. Yeah, I like those. They're they're decent. All right. <clears throat> Number thirteen, Easy A. Oh yeah, I'm down for that. That's good. See, you're not hating it too bad, too bad. I'm not hating it too bad. Yeah. All right. Number twelve, Duncan's next pick. Oh no! Please, Duncan, redeem yourself. Twenty one Jump Street. That's not bad. Well, what number is it at? Twelve. I mean, we're running. There's only twenty two, so I'm for it. Okay. You why you want it higher? I don't want it on the list. You don't want it at all. You didn't like either of them? I thought it pretty funny. That's two picks that Duncan has made. Two films starring Channing Tatum. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yep, fair enough. At number 11, Rachel plays purposely because oh. she knows it's going to be on the list, but she does not want, she says, I do not want this in the top 10, but I know it's going to sure. get played. Right. So she plays Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, yeah. That's a decent one. I like that. She doesn't want a top 10, eh? Vetoed. Okay, yeah. Wes a, vetoes it. Okay, he wants a top, he wants he a wants top it. five. Yeah. Yeah, he loves that. And by He the way, picked that for the group movie to watch. That's right. Yeah. Wes has the number one pick, by the way. Oh, so that's what's getting number one then. Right. So Rachel instead picks Juno. Another movie I'm also that for she that. says that she doesn't love but thinks deserves to be on this list. I 100% agree with that assessment. I also just watched that a few weeks ago again, and I hadn't seen it in ages, and I still liked it. Still a great movie. Would not make my top 20. Wouldn't sniff my top 20. Well, I haven't seen the rest yet. Yeah, and I haven't even thought about this off the top of my head, but yeah, I got a lot in the top 10 for sure. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right, we're cracking the top 10. Wes plays Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Oh, the Dying Girl. Girl. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Veto. Oh, no, that's a good movie. Yeah. Play, I haven't seen it. That's but good. there's no way it's better than what he's about to play. Oh, God. 
No, there's no way that me and Earl and the Dying Girl is oh, better, it's than, better this than this. Here we go. He plays Dead Poet Society. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a for sure top ten. Yeah, for sure. So I was very happy. Okay. At number nine, a movie I do not like, but in no way, shape, or form. Oops. Should it not be on this list? Okay. This is a seminal high school film, and it's Clueless. Oh, right. As discussed last night, yes. I have never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Number eight, Adam again. Oh, no. Sometimes with this guy, Ferris, because he's worried it's not going to go higher. Dazed and Confused. <sighs> it's a funny movie. I don't know if it would make my in the top 10. This is hard. Now you're in top 10. Top 10? I don't know if it'd make my top 10, but it's making my it's list. Tw- for sure. In my, It's probably in my 20. It's making the list to make the list. For sure, yeah, because, again, seminal high school. Okay, yep. And number seven, a movie I love. Teen Wolf. That I don't think you do, but don't. I don't care. And number seven, Abby plays 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a little high, but not bad. I love it. She she is a, 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 a I think Heath, Heath I think Heath fat, is her yeah. number one. Yeah. Yeah. Number six, another movie that I don't love, but again, has to be on this list because it's the next generation's clueless. Mean girls. Right. Also haven't seen it. I heard that's good though. It Tina Fey is, is funny. Is She's an excellent writer and I loved Thirty Rock. So I keep hearing good things about it. I don't know that I'd ever sit down and watch it, but Okay, that's fair. Very good. Yeah. Need, needs to be on this list. Okay. Yeah. Would, wouldn't make my personal list. For sure. But, but if I had to make a list, it would be on it. Yeah, okay. Number five, Duncan, with his last pick in the draft. So Channing Tatum again. <laughs> Desperately hoping for him to redeem himself. Oh no. Number five. The fifth best high school movie of all time. I hate this draft. Chosen by Duncan is Coach Carter. Oh, that's not even top 20. That's not even close. It's not even close to top If you're talking about sports films, it's still not even top 20 in sports films. Like, oh, mercy. Duncan, I love you. That's horrific. Horrible pick. Horrible. You might as well have Dangerous Minds next. At number four, Rachel with her last pick. Feeling nervous that this movie's not going to make the list. Decides to pull the trigger here at number four. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And it gets vetoed. It sits right there at number four. Nah, garbage, but at least it's top five. Yeah. This list makes me it means, sick. It, it's on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, fair. Yep. Just by hair. Yep. At number three, Mushhead. Oh, no. Wins me over because she plays Booksmart at number three. Ooh, and you do love Booksmart. I do and love it's a good Booksmart. movie. So I was very happy. Okay. So too, now too high. It's it's no, it's not. Yes, it is. No. Yep. <laughs> two picks remaining. Number two is being picked by Adam. Number one is being picked by Wes. So perks, and then Adam pulls out Back to the Future. Adam decides in his mind. He thinks he knows what Wes is going to put at number one. So, Adam plays some kind of wonderful. I'm revolted. Shockwaves. That's insane. So, he's purposely trying to draw out vetoes? There's no point. Nope. He's not trying to draw out vetoes because he thinks that he knows what Wes is going to play at number one. But he's playing. And he thinks. He thinks. That Wes is going to do the right thing and play the movie at number one that should be at number one. Discussion abounds. No 
movement in the game, and I tell Adam, you are allowed to self-veto. <laughs> You're trying to get him. I love no, it. No, I was not because it okay. wasn't me that mentioned it. It was actually Rachel that said, you can self-veto. Okay. And he thought she was joking. I said, it is not a joke. I'm like, if anybody wants to self-veto, I'll never ask you to self-veto right. unless somebody else brings it up. I didn't realize you had that in there. That's an yep. interesting tactic. Okay. So Adam's self-vetoes. Weird. And plays what, in my opinion, is the Citizen Kane of high school films. And that's the Breakfast Club. Oh, Breakfast Club. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. my God. I can't remember. I already said it and I forgot already. Yes. Okay, yeah, Breakfast Club, for sure. So he plays the Breakfast Club at number two, which leaves Wes with the number one pick. Perks. He plays super bad. Weird, because we already have super bad in the top five, which is Booksmart. Yeah. Yeah. But so he doesn't get perks on. No. What a weird... See, I hate this draft. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I'm sorry. There's no Back to the Future. There's high school scenes in that in both eras, and it's phenomenal. I agree. This was even Teen Wolf, like from the older ones. Sixteen have you Candles, Teen Wolf? maybe. Ah, that's terrible. Fuck I watched it. Absolutely I've, terrible. I rewatched it, and I was like, I was like, I'm so excited. Oh, what's his friend's name again? Something stupid like Boner or Styles. Styles, yes, yeah, Styles. And when he's on top of the thing, riding yeah. the van, yeah, it is terrible. But I mean, it's also a seminal high school film. Okay, so if I was to make a list, I'll tell you this right now. If I was to make the list. Yeah, Breakfast Club at one. Okay, Breakfast Club number. Back to the Future would not make my list. At all? No. Why? When I watch Back to the Future. You don't think of a high school it's film. Not, it's a time travel movie. For sure, but you said to qualify, that, uh, yes. it just had to have a scene. Yes. And it has multiple scenes in, yes. in both but eras. I'm talking about my list. Hmm. Okay. If I'm, I, made, I'm, I needed as broad an idea because... The last mm. thing I want to do is fucking police the draft. Right. I just want everyone to have fun. I don't want to have to argue over minutia. I don't want to have to say right. it has to be 25%. I'm not counting right, fucking right, right. minutes. Just one scene. One yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm ho- and I was hoping but that by doing that, if in my mind, when I say we're doing a high school draft, a high school movie draft. Like a high school movie. The movie yeah. should be about high, high school. school. Yeah, okay, fair. Back to the Future is not. Even though... You, if you make the argument that it is, I won't argue with you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because it is about him going back to high school, meeting his parents, making them fall in love because he fucked things up. Right. But to me, Back to the Future is a time travel movie. For sure. Not a high school movie. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So it's not making it. Yeah, so my you list is not making Dead it. Dead Poet Society is making the list. Is making it. Number one sure. is Breakfast Club. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's hands down. Agreed. That's without question. Some Kind of Wonderful will probably make my consideration. Mm. I really like that movie. Yeah. Booksmart is probably my number two. For sure, yeah. You don't like Superbad as much. I really liked Superbad when it came out, and I enjoyed it, and I still enjoy it. I don't know what it is about it that I just don't like it as much as everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, just, I just can't put my finger on it. Like, I, I don't not like it, say, like, as an example of a movie I love when it came out and then I lost all interest in it, it was Wedding Crashers. Right, When okay. I saw it in theater, I fucking died laughing. Yeah. And then when I watched it a year later after I bought it on Blu-ray, I was like, oh, that's okay. Well, if you watch the uncut version too, it's too long. It's over two hours. No, what a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay, I think it's because of your, not your sensibility necessarily, but you don't enjoy, say, a whole movie of like dick and fart jokes and that kind of stuff, and, and like not what true. you would call childish fucking, humor. I love fucking Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, that's different though. He's a little more articulate with it. You don't like a Dumb and Dumber because it's not 
it's dick and fart jokes, and but it's too stupid for you. No. Whereas like a Kevin Smith has some heart to it. It's got the dialogue is a little punchier and better. Yeah. The dialogue speaks to your intellectual side, so you don't mind putting up with the dick and fart jokes because you know the payoff later is going to be some humor that you're really, and it has some heart to it too to be honest he has a lot of heart whereas super bad maybe doesn't have a lot of heart to it a little bit at the end they're going he's going away to college he's going to miss him so that friendship that has grown up together is now going to be split apart so i get that but that's really the only part that speaks to like that emotional connection to the you know characters what, do you know actually you know what i think it is for something like super bad now that we're kind of diving into the reasons i might not like it and i like how we said we we're gonna have a quick episode um, I think what it is with Superbad is that uh, I what's what's Jonah Hill's character's name? Oh yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, Evan. No, okay, sure. No, that's Michael Sarah. He's Seth. Okay, sure. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah. Okay, he's, he's not just an asshole. I, I I would not be friends with him. Right, he's a dickhead. I could probably be friends with McLovin, and I could probably be friends with Evan. For sure, Michael Sarah's character. I could not be friends with Seth. Right. He's an absolute he's is an absolute piece of shit. Yeah, correct. He's not a good person. He's not a good friend. Nope. I I just couldn't handle it. And I think that's that's one of the that's one of the reasons that I love Booksmart is that There's... whole movie is those two girls building each other up. Yeah. They are they're supporting each other. They obviously have spoiler alert. They have spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. They they have their fight at the party. Right. And then they realize within minutes they've both made a mistake. And then they make up – I won't spoil that. Right. It's not a spoiler. It's but, a fucking movie. They obviously make up. But that's not the crux of it because after they make up, they still have right. the rest of the movie. I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay, one fair. of the reasons that that movie really resonated with me is it's about friends supporting each other. Of course, you and I love to make fun of each other and have fun. But you and I support each other constantly. And you enjoy male bonding movies yep. at the utmost. You even mentioned a couple of nights ago when we were watching uh, the recaps of the movies, yep. Swingers, how much you enjoyed that his character was Trent. so Trent was so supportive. So I know that's on, big on your list. So I agree. You see a character like Jonah Hill is playing and your instant reaction is, I, I don't like this guy because he's not a good friend. You yeah. like good friends. So yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So... Yeah, and the Kevin Smith ones, all the friends, even though maybe the childish humor, especially like Chasing Amy, is super heartfelt, but a ton of childish humor in there, like yep. a substantial amount, but because they're such good friends and they do it because they love each other. Yeah. So that you're willing to forego any of that because of the heart behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah I've, to be honest, I've never really been a huge Superbad fan. It's like, it's pretty quotable and there's some funny scenes in it. The name McLovin and that whole gag is funny. Um but in general, you I can't know, sit honestly, down and I watch it a ton of times. I think the McLovin part of that movie is what I enjoy the most. Yeah. It's funny. And him going into the store. I told her what time it is. Turns around. What time is it? And he just says like – she doesn't even say that. He just says like 4.15 or whatever, 2.15. So yeah, there's a lot of that kind of funny stuff in it. Um, yeah. I, but in general, I can't sit down. If, I, if I'm looking for something to watch that I know I'm going to laugh at, I can't pop that movie on. That's, nope. not, that's not a go-to for nope. me. Yeah. Right. Just well, want to share that draft with you. Thanks so much, draft assholes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, so there's there's the stats on all the episodes you've done. I thought you might get a little kick out of that. That's I can't believe I forgot Inception. That makes me both very happy and angry at the same time. Yes, how dare my, you fuck my, up the stats. My spreadsheet is not accurate. Um, yeah. It's not been changed. All right. Let's get into the movie we're here to review. 
Um, and that is the fourth film from 1990 that we're reviewing. It is the science fiction film Total Recall. Released June 1st, 1990, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Uh, written by Ronald Shusset, Daniel Bannon, Gary Goldman, based off Phil K. Dick's short story, We Can Remember For You Wholesale. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sharon Stone, and Michael Ironside. Has a meta score of 60. A letterbox score of 3.8. Uh, it did win one Oscar, a Special Achievement Award for visual effects, uh, and it had two other nominations for Best Sound and Best Sound Effect Editing. It had a budget of $65 million, and it grossed 119 in the U.S. that year, making it the seventh highest grossing film of the year, and it grossed 261 worldwide. The plot, when a man goes in to have a virtual vacation, memories of the planet Mars implanted in his mind, an unexpected and harrowing series of events forces him to go to the planet for real or is he bum 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 all right michael and i have both grown up with this film michael why don't you share your spoiler free thoughts on total recall what a lovely summer action flick romp um this is I, not e not even the height of arnie because there were heights to still come but as a kid, when an Arnie movie came out, you're a hundred percent on board. Like Running Man was before this. Oh yeah, I believe. Yeah, and I loved it. So did I. So there was just as soon as this came out, I could, I didn't watch it in the movie theaters, but I did uh, get to see it on VHS, and I was more than happy to get it. Unfamiliar at the time with how stylistic. Like, I didn't pay attention to directors back then, yeah. so I didn't understand, like, Paul Verhoeven and, and what it would eventually become. I had seen Robocop before, but had no idea watching this movie that he had also um, directed that. Perhaps the violence should have given it away, but as a kid, I didn't care. I just wanted to see killer action flicks. This one actually had a decent story behind it as well, so it's kind of fun. It's not a whodunit necessarily, but a what's going on. So, I mean... I loved it. I remember loving it, and I've watched it numerous times since then. I did not have a problem agreeing to uh, review it. Watched it about three weeks ago, and then watched it two nights ago with you as well. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't have a problem watching this film and talking about it for sure. Uh, I saw this movie when it came out. I, wouldn't, I can't recall if it was opening weekend, but I definitely saw it in theaters uh, because I was a massive Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. This is actually getting very close to my transition away from being an Arnie fan and Bruce Willis almost taking over. Mm, Die Hard was... 88. Okay, so it already happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when I saw this in theaters, I would have been 14. And the violence was jaw-dropping. <laughs> but as a 14-year-old kid, you think it's the greatest thing in the world. For sure numerous over the top violence i definitely definitely no 100% i definitely seen robocop before this mm -hmm. but again wasn't into direct wasn't into basically the only director i knew was spielberg back then right et days yeah he would probably be the only director i knew by name and so I wasn't. I was. I was going to Total Recall to watch Arnold, not because Paul, Ver, not For not sure. because the the director of RoboCop was doing it. Right. Nowadays, I would. Mm -hmm. And uh, stylistically, you'd be able to recognize it right away. Mm -hmm. Whereas then, no clue. Yeah. I loved this movie when it came out. 
most likely looking at 1990 after leaving the theater i bet you total recalls in my top five all time because mm-hmm. at number one probably that 90 at 1990 probably my number one was probably die hard mm-hmm. maybe predator Ooh, yeah those would probably be my number ones at that time and uh yeah this probably would have cracked into my top five uh it was my introduction to a woman who would shape my young life and be my first adult crush because my first crush was Alyssa Milano. Mm, classic. My first adult crush is, depending on timeline, I have to really check. It's either Janet Jackson mm. or Sharon Stone. Yep. Uh, most likely Janet Jackson. I recall her, those days. Her Rhythm Nation mm-hmm. album would have came out before Basic Instinct because yeah. that's when Sharon Stone. And I remember you fully loving her. Yeah. 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 So this was my introduction to Sharon Stone. I I thought she was I thought she was obviously hot. Yeah. But she didn't didn't quite have that on-screen presence that she displays in Basic Instinct. The movie's special effects were mind-blowing at the time. And on this rewatch, it was wicked to see that they hold up just fine. There's a you know, there's the there's some green uh green screen Blue screen, then. Blue screen. Thank yeah. you. Some blue screen stuff that doesn't quite hold up because you know what to look for. Right. But, but at the time, you clueless. No. Yeah. Great miniature work. Mm-hmm. Great special effects. Great makeup effects. Um, the movie was... I was actually worried going into watching it that I wasn't going to like it. I've, I've watched this movie countless times. I was worried that I wasn't going to hold up. Because I have rewatched Running Man, and it doesn't quite hold up to the love I had for it. Um, it's pretty fucking low budget, actually. If yeah. You, if you rewatch it, it's. Oh, I've rewatched it numerous times. Yeah, yeah it's a little, it's a little rough. Still enjoyable for my nostalgia, but it's. it's if not, I'm not, it's mis- not a good movie. If I'm not mistaken, last time I rewatched it, it was during COVID, and I was taking pictures and sending. Was I texting you or Adam? Must have been Adam. So I would text him hard to decipher scenes, and I kept texting him until he got it. And it was Running Man. Oh, it's got to be Adam because I would. It would have been. It, I would you, get it quick. you probably would have got it right away. Yeah, yeah, it would have been Adam then. Yep. Um. Yeah, but I was. I'm happy to say that I I had a really good time. Good. Um. Yeah. So let's get into the movie. Do you want to take us into spoilers? No, no. Go ahead. All right. Uh. So spoilers on Total Recall. Three, two, one. Uh, go fuck yourself. We're going to speed things up a little bit. I've chosen six scenes that we're going to discuss, and, and Charge is going to chime in on them and then uh, jump in whenever he wants. So the first scene we're going to discuss is when Douglas Quaid goes to recall to get his virtual memory implants. Um, I really loved Arnold acting slightly drugged out as he's choosing his women. Um, the Is she a doctor? She's wearing that lab she coat. Must be, yeah. Right? And, and she she's administrating doing, the shot, yeah. Well, she's also basically doing brain surgery. Yeah, fair enough. So whether she's technician, a doctor or not. Lab technician. Perfect. Let's she call her that. the recall technician. Yeah, yeah. I love how Verhoeven plays up, and not to say that he's not, but really plays up that Arnold is very attractive to women 
Because when he right. says, when she says sexual preference and he goes hetero, she's like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> and there's numerous times where, well, Sharon Stone plays up to it and other characters are all playing up to that. Douglas Quaid is the almost definition of a hunk of a man. Like the 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 uh, the secretary at Recall is checking him oh, out. right. And yeah. uh, a couple other minor characters are checking him out as well. So... When her reaction when he says he's hetero, she's like, mm, 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 mm. yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Um, then we cut away to the salesman in another sales meeting, and something's gone wrong. He is having what they call a schizoid embolism. Love it. And they think that uh, the implant has gone wrong, and he's going crazy because he's living out the secret agent fantasy that he asked for. And it turns out they haven't even implanted that memory yet. So he might be a real secret agent. And here's where it goes. Um, they pump him full of sedatives. I always love that it takes like six shots. So for, heavy. You got to keep putting him down. Yeah. He's like a bear. He's a big bear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I always wonder, I'm like, how many more until he's dead? Yeah. <laughs> Probably they, 10 for him. They gave him like seven. Yeah. Like the one initially, which did put him under. Right, plus the initials when, or the duplicates when he gets up. Yeah, the additionals. So yeah, yeah. so uh, that's my uh, that's my first scene that I like. Uh, great, his visit to Recall. That's a great pick. There's a couple of things that I noticed for the very first time, and I've seen this movie minimum ten times. The name of the movie is Total Recall, sp- spelled R E C A L L. The name of the agency is Total Recall with a K. I've yeah. never noticed that. You never before. noticed that. Never. I, oh, I noticed it. And very I first just time. watched it three weeks ago and didn't <laughs> notice it. And then we're watching it here at your place. I'm like, holy shit! And it's only because I've never sat down to take notes of this movie before. Even when I watched it three weeks ago, knowing I was coming here to do this, I just still wanted to enjoy it. Yep. And so that's what I did. And then this time I thought I better, you know, keep an actual discerning eye out. And holy shit, blown away right away with the K. Didn't know. Uh, 40 minutes already? Nope. That's my guess? Yeah, 38. Yeah. So that was the first thing that I noticed. Uh, second thing, a little tiny little baby asterisk for excellent acting performances. That sales guy, he makes me want to go on that vacation. You know oh, what I mean? The, in the room? He's fucking great. And then the whole thing about the, when he asked, like, the quintessential salesman, what's the same thing about every vacation you've ever been on? And like, I give up, I don't know. And he's just like, you, you're the same one. Wouldn't you like to be somebody else? And does the secret agent. And Arnie bites on it right away. In my mind, I'm like, it's a great uh, plot forward device yep. but it's also just great old school salesmanship that guy in the office getting those extra whatever th- a measly 30 credits or 300 credits or whatever it is to do that so yeah that entire scene including we're already gifted a little bit of the futuristic kind of stuff with the nail paint polish being changed with her like fingertips there right yep. so it's just it's fun it's interesting you get some little visuals in it as well it's an excellent setup and then you're right you're right into the whole has he already been there before is he a secret agent is he not Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, a, a great first pick for uh, a scene there. Which leads into the next scene I enjoy, uh, and that's when Doug returns home. He tells Lori, played by the absolutely stunningly beautiful Sharon Stone, <laughs> tells Lori about Recall. She gets angry and says that uh, he's uh, imagining it, and then he... Sh- Doug shows the blood on his hands because he has just killed five guys? Four. Four. His co-worker. Including his co-worker. Co-worker yeah. Harry and three guys. Because two guys were holding him and then there was Harry and another guy. So four guys. Right. Single-handedly kills four men. 
Also, a little bit of a favorite scene as well is just that one shot where he's standing against the wall with the four bodies around and the blood splatter, the way that it smeared it in the wall and the way that the camera shot was like the wide angle. It almost looks like a like a painting of some sort, like an interesting whatever. So yep. I like that. Yeah. Um, so Doug, Doug go, no, Doug goes to wash off the blood right. and Laurie calls a doctor and we see for the first time oh, Michael Ironside. What a chab. He comes out of the bathroom, and there's an assassin in the room trying to kill him, shooting out guns, and he's first and foremost concerned for his wife. Lori, get out of here. Lori, are you okay? Turns out it's Lori trying to kill him. Damn, Lori. And when he realizes Lori, he pauses for a second. And what does she do? Mm. Nutshot. The go-to... The go-to attack for Laurie in this film. 100%. This is the first of many nut shots delivered to men and women yeah. in this. And attempted nut things because she keeps trying to stab his dick. Right. In this scene. Right. She gets a knife, gets the knife. from the sink and is not trying to stab him in the gut no. or the heart. She goes for the cock. Cock shots. Taking away... Arnie's masculinity that we've already built up as the yes. hunkiest of men. Yeah. If she can't have him, nobody else can. Yep. How dare you? This is a Lorena Bobbitt of Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. Which, which can't be that far off. It can't be. Joey Butifuco. 1990? I'd say 91, 92 would I'm, have been. And no later than that. No, it's, it's got to be. It wasn't, might even be 90? No, no, it's got to be 92. Okay, but no later. the Winter Olympics were every four years, Calgary 88. Mm-hmm. Two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe that's where she got the idea. Well played. Interesting that we're on the same. You, Wait, we haven't even talked about Lorena Bobbitt. Bo- why am I talking about Lorena Bobbitt? I was thinking of Tanya Harding as the same person. Oh, my God. Oh, is that why you said the Olympics? Yes. <laughs> like but, but Bobbitt and Harding were around the same time. Okay. That's, that was my connection. Do you want, you want to know the sad part of why I made that connection? Tangent here. Do you want to know why I made that connection? Oh, now I'm nervous. Because I'm almost positive that Weird Al's song... Oh. The parody of mm, 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 by the Crash Test Dummies mm-hmm. references Tonya Harding and Lorena Bobbitt. You so it had, to been, it had to have been around the same time. Your pop culture references are astounding and interesting, to say the least. <laughs> I got to look it up. That's good. I like Lorena that. Lorena Bobbitt. Bobbitt. And second, one, was, second one down. Was it not Joey Buttafuoco? Nope. No, that's the Amy Fisher one. Yeah. Shit, I'm getting the wrong. I'm getting my pop culture references John mixed up. John and Lorena Bobbitt. John Bobbitt, right? John Wayne Bobbitt. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety-three. Mm. Later than I thought. When was OJ? Uh, that's gotta be ninety-two. Okay, so those. Okay, so around that time, man, we had a lot of the birth of essentially reality okay, TV. Okay, so the trial was in ninety-five. But the uh, the br- white Bronco chase was 90... 94. Oh, it's even later than I thought. Okay. No, no. no 94 is when it happened. Uh, 94 is when the criminal trial started. So it would have been like 92, 93. The, oh, the pair was allegedly stabbed to death by Simpson outside Brown's condominium in, ni- in June 12, 1994. Okay, yeah. The trial right. spanned 11 months from November 9th of 94 to October 9th of 1995. I definitely would have thought later than that. Uh, me too. Okay. What a time to be alive. Yeah, we had a lot of fun shit. Yeah, we had crazy shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So stabbing in the nuts. We're we're stabbing back. In the nuts. He kicking uh, in the nuts. Oh, he some he. Arnold somehow overpowers this woman. Impossible. In, I how don't dare understand you? Understand how? Um, <laughs> and then she tells him that his whole life oh, has been an implant. Yeah. That. But they, she still loves him. She still loves him. Um, sorry, Quaid. Your whole life is a dream. Great line. Him. Great line. Uh, and then she tries to flirt with him. You can time tie me up. The way she does that with her hands and the sting. Oh, mercy. Hot as fuck. Yeah, it's pretty fucking hot. But then he realizes it's all a ploy. It's all a ruse. An act of subterfuge, if you will. As our friend Richter is on the way. He is on the way. Um, but yeah, that's and that's where I'm stopping that scene because Kay. that's one scene. Yep. What did you think of uh, Douglas returning home? Yeah, 100%. I interjected on every possible moment while you were talking there. Uh, 100% on board with that as well. Yeah. Again, it also sets up. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of alluding to. Maybe we should get into this now just a little bit and we can touch base on it as we proceed. Going into it three weeks ago, I watched it again full through and I still couldn't decide whether I was on the belief that this was all a dream because that's exactly what he asked for with the implants Mm -hmm. or if he had been there. And so I was trying to pay attention when we were watching the other night to try to pick up clues. And I like how they not only dropped clues in a ton of different scenes, but they kind of still left it open for interpretation. I am now on the side of one way or another. Should we discuss that now or wait towards the end? To, to wait towards the end. Yep. Okay. And this was one of the scenes as well that helped a long way. There's a lot that kind of helped, but I paid attention extra during the first 20 minutes because that's when you're going to get a lot of that uh, early information that's going to have the payoff later. So anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, great scene. She was great in it. Okay. And nuts shots. W- one of many to come. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about is uh, after he's had the talk on the phone with the agent – uh, and he goes to the ab- abandoned, I think, concrete factory or something. Hell yes. Yeah, um, love this as well. This is where he opens a suitcase, finding all of his secret agent stuff. There's money, ID, gun, some type of contraption, the hologram watch. Oh, so good. Another suitcase in there. Um, this is where we meet Hauser for the first time, uh-huh. which is Douglas Quaid before he had his memory wiped, uh, telling him he has to get to Mars that he is an agent. He's a double agent who was working with Cohagen, uh, the leader of Mars, to uh, help uh, lead the revolution. And defeat the rebels. Yeah. Very Star Wars-y. Yep. Uh, but he has a bug implanted in his head, and he has to remove it. And this scene still disturbs me to this day as he sticks this self-guiding contraption up his nose which grabs this bug, and he has to pull it out through his nostril. When you hear the crunch, you're there. Yeah. And the – you can't call it makeup because it's it's a prosthetic head. Yep. And they let you linger on it long enough where you fully believe that it's still Arnold – but you got that one second at the end, you're like, it's not him. Yeah, the, the gap between the tooth is even there. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it because I don't think I'd have the same visceral reaction to this scene if it was done by with CGI. Not at all. And Especially nowadays because you'd know. Yep. We get the ever-loving line of get your ass to Mars. Oh, I love it so much. Um, then he sticks the bug in a Mars bar. 
<laughs> Classic. Got to be a Mars bar. Got to be a Mars Can't bar. Can't be a Saturn bar. <laughs> which the rats grab, and the bad guys Richter and uh, the other guy. I can't remember his character's name. name. I can't remember, but his the actor's real life last name is Champion. Is it really? Yes, it is. That's so good. Um, let's see if I can find him here quickly. Uh, Champion. Michael Champion plays Helm. Helm. Yeah. Yep. He, uh, they're just shooting at the actual location of the bug, and then they find out it's just a rat. And then uh, Richter gets angry and shoots the rat, exploding its guts all over the screen of Hauser's uh, message, video message of, Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on, on this scene here? You nailed and, it. And specifically the bug removal. That's, that's the bit. I mean, that the whole scene is great because we get the payoff later with the hologram watch. So he's kind of collecting all of his things that he's going to use as a secret agent, but he doesn't know how to use them yet. And we as the audience only get the glimpse when he puts the watch on and he moves it and sees it and he kind of gives the nod like as if to, you know, that's fucking cool. How am I going to use this? Doesn't matter. Puts it in his pocket. We see it later. Um, but this is classic Verhoeven. Mm-hmm. With that over the top, even when it's not violence, like say blood explosion, it's something that no matter what you don't, you you remember that. You, you, you can't get that image out of your head. It was like seeing a car accident for the first time. You'll have that replay over in your mind over and over again. You can't think of this movie without thinking of a few seminal scenes, and that's one of them. That thing coming out of his nose, it's not just a tiny little bit. It's huge. It's huge. It's glowing red as it's well like, through his skin, so you can. it looks so realistic when he's pulling it out. It's like the size of a large cherry. Uh, yeah, a large cherry. Yeah, it's big. It's huge. And and because you can see if you ever shine a flashlight, you know, through your cheek or through your thumb or whatever, you can see it glowing. So they get that. They nail that as well. And then to even have it open up and have the, like, the old school how you'd bug a phone or something like that, you actually have that piece very Matrix-like as well when they yes. pull the bug out of him. So probably Wachowski's probably took a little bit of that from it, right? It's very similar when they're finding it and they pull it yep. out and it kind of turns into that. Um, but we know with Matrix, as we're dealing more with CGI, it's still grotesque. But again, like you said, when it's actual, you know, the fake head there and you got the makeup department going and then you're pulling that out, it, there's something about it that resonates. It's like, it's crazy. It's, it's almost hard to watch, but it's just, you can't pull away from it. It's just it's, like such a crazy thing to see. It's so well, it's just so well done. It, yeah. I have such a, a love-hate relationship with CGI because CGI has allowed us to make a lot of movies that are, are just impossible with physical Marvel. effects. We get yeah. the mar- we, we, our superhero movies growing up sucked as yep. far as I'm concerned. I hated them. And I didn't as hate a con- all of them. Okay, well. But I, f- I just like... They, they didn't live up... The first time you saw Superman in the 80s, you know what I mean? It sucked dick. It, like, it didn't suck dick for me. I fucking you liked still it. liked it? I, I did. I didn't like the whole just laying flat with his arms out and the, the thing waving. Even as a kid, I knew that was fake. So for me, it never lived up. And now you, you have a Marvel universe that heavily relies on CGI, does a great job, brings you into that world, but you know it's fake. Whereas, uh, Billy, where, where you're going with is yeah, the, uh, the actual... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The... Um, what Prosthetic? Is Nolan? No, oh. I'm sorry. I was thinking what Nolan does as well when he makes movies. Um, it's the word I'm looking for. The effects are natural, and it's also oh shit. What do you know what I'm thinking? You know what I'm thinking too. <laughs> Fuck. Practical. Uh, practical effects. Yeah. Thank you. So the practical effects of this era, as they were starting to get really good, all the way up until say like a T2 time, all that kind of T2 in Jurassic Park that fucked everything. Right. 
but but made those giant leaps and made those movies better that they were in as well, right? Yeah. And then same thing, your next leap is like at a Matrix, right? So then a 99 comes and you get that. But right in this pocket here, you get a lot of these kind of gory, grotesque, really bloody action films with like explosions lots of squibs as well as in this movie so you kind of get that it seems a lot more realistic it's really fun as a kid to watch this because it's super grotesque and you would you've never seen anybody pull something like that out of their nose but this makes it look so realistic yeah so yeah it's love hate i I get what you're saying with that but i'm glad we got a chance to see this kind of weird shit oh i like i love practical effects i love it and it's one of the things i've been really enjoying on revisiting all these older films as we were doing it is seeing movies have to pull stuff off instead of be like, ah, just give it to the CGI team. Just, right. give it to the, just give it to the special effects crew. They'll make it look good. It's almost like, how did they do it? I bet you other directors at the time would watch and go, oh shit, how did they do that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. nice. 100%. Yep. Uh, the next scene that I want to talk about is the very next scene and that's the arrival at Mars. And we're talking, I want to talk about it for Miniatures. one reason and one reason only. That is because of two weeks. It is Richter arrives. <clears throat> he is escorted through the terminal quite quickly. And we see this rather large woman in a yellow dress uh, arrive. And she's very, as you can tell, she's very excited to be at Mars. And uh, they ask her how long she's going to be staying there. And she's going to be there for two weeks. And then they ask her if she's brought any fruits or vegetables, and she replies with two weeks. And the, I guess, customs agent, mm-hmm. security agent, is quite uh, bewildered by such an odd answer. And then she continues to lose her mind and can't say anything but two weeks. It's almost like she has two weeks to rats. But instead, we find out it is an incredibly elaborate disguise from our boy Douglas Quaid. And he has a robotic animatronic prosthetic head, which he removes to the absolute fucking delight of a 14-year-old Manny when that head splits apart. The way. That's so good. It's unreal. And then under that head that's splitting apart is another prosthetic Arnold Schwarzenegger head that looks just a little off don't fucking care because it's done practically it's unreal it's so great it's probably it's my favorite shot of the film oh yeah easily yeah I had already written that down before I even reviewed, before even I watched it three weeks ago. I already knew that that's going to be the one. I fucking love that moment. Um, and then he tosses the head. Get ready for a big surprise. Oh, so good. Head blows up. Douglas makes his escape. But that is, it's a really quick scene. And I, I wonder at the time if they understood how, they must have thought this is going to blow people away. I would say so. Because it blew everybody away in the theater. Again, when, it's... When, when that head splits apart. Yeah, and that's classic Verhoeven. Again, it's another aesthetically thing where you see it, and again, now as an adult, at the time as a kid, no clue. 
But now you're like, that's so Verhoeven, and it's so fucking good. Yep. It doesn't just open up and come. It's almost like a, an escalator splitting stairs, the, the levels that it does. And you're right, that head underneath too, I didn't know it wasn't Arnie until, you know, probably my fifth viewing. As a kid, you just thought, oh, it's fucking Arnie under there. That's how well they did with it. Yep. And we weren't educated as an audience enough back then to understand the, the leaps and bounds that it would take. So it looked like Arnie to me. Now you can tell, and that's only because we're watching it on, you know, HD. Yeah, hundred percent. You're watching it on a VHS on a oh. tw- on a twenty inch screen. You can't tell with you know did with the color tints off a little bit. Yeah, did we watch Blu-ray or did no? We watched off Netflix. Oh, we watched off Netflix. Okay, yeah. yeah. Still though, obviously the quality is, but yeah. What a great! And then he throws it, and it's a bomb. You're not expecting that either. You're just thinking it's a disguise. He's got to run away now. Uh uh-uh, uh another explosion. Yep. Um. All right. Next up, skipping far ahead. Okay. I'm. I'm Sadly, I'm going to have to skip over Venusville. I didn't have room to talk about it. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll add it to my favorite characters. <laughs> um, but when Dr. Edgemar shows up at his, uh, at his room. telling Oh, him, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This scene really messed with me when I was a kid. Because Dr. Edgemar shows up claiming that he is actually still inside of his own memory. And that he is here from recall. To bring him out. He is trapped in his own memory. He thinks that it is real. He is having a schizoid embolism. And at the behest of his lovely wife, Lori, Dr. Edgemar has uh, implanted himself into his brain to help pull him out. He just needs to take this red pill and everything will be great. Now, the actor playing Dr. Edgemar is Roy Brocksmith. Roy Brocksmith. Fucking spectacular in this scene. Right? He's only in two scenes the whole movie. Absolutely mind-blowing good. And he is so convincing (laughs) that this is all the truth. And I think it's one of the things I remember as a a 14-year-old kid. I remember sitting there going like, oh, he's... He's telling. He's telling the truth. He this this is just a dream. Until one little bead of sweat, one bead of sweat on the forehead convinces convinces Douglas that this man is lying, and he executes him right there on the spot. Crazy, right to the head, and spits the pill on him, and spits the pill on him. Now you've done it. Which now leads to an explosion on the wall. In come a bunch of bad guys, and we get another nut shot. And I know, love it. She loves the nut shots. She loves the nut shots. And this is one of another one about to come up. Does she? Do you think that maybe she's giving the nut shots because she's jealous? She's not going to get yes. that cock anymore. Yes, hundred percent. She's like, if I can't have this dick, nobody can. Nobody can. Because what have you been feeding this thing? Blondes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't like it no more. Yeah, dude. The the single bead of sweat is. Not as iconic as the single drop of tear from Denzel Washington in Glory. <laughs> it, it will not garner Mr. Roy Brocksmith a supporting actor Oscar. <laughs> However, <laughs> you like that what reference? A fucking pull. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. However, that one beat of sweat. It's now the Mikey and Manny Let's go. Oh, movie podcast. See you later. <laughs> see Sam, you later, Sam. Sam, you're fucking. <laughs> Gone. Oh no. 
Sam, I would just like to stay. I didn't come in here with that intention, and I will never replace those gigantic shoes that sit upon this uh, podcast. You, sir, are as eloquent as any of them, and I enjoy listening to you thoroughly on this podcast. It's been nice, but now I'm here. <laughs> it's been a slice. Yeah, that fuck, that single bead was great. It's such a good way as well to not drag this scene out any longer than it has to. Yep. You get this great speech by him, oh, very convincing, very con- and the way he yells, I could just shoot you right now. Well, go ahead and you'll just, you know, fall deeper into this. It's really well done. And then, yes, how do we quickly get him to say, "No, this guy's full of shit and I'm going to shoot him in the head." Fuck it. What a great, I don't know who which writer or which person thought of that, but what a great What if we just see one bead of sweat and we know he's lying? And sure enough, boom, shot to the head. Fucking great. Oh. Now you've done it. Wall explodes. So good. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm moving past the chick fight. Yeah. Also, well, nut shots. Now we're talking yep. crotch shots. But yes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about, it's not even the ending. It's one of my personal favorite scenes. Oh, Quado. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So we're back to the practical effects, baby. Unreal. And this is Quato. So good. Now, Quato is, uh, has been uh, mentioned a few times throughout the movie. He is the leader of the rebellion. And Cohagen and his cohorts cannot find him. They, they've, no matter what they do, they cannot find Quato. And there is a reason. Because Quato, the leader of the rebellion, is a mutant who's attached to the belly of another man. <laughs> a human man with a, a mutant in his belly. With a mutant <laughs> attached to his belly. They are like Siamese twins where one stopped growing. <laughs> nice. And became arguably perhaps one of my favorite characters in movie history. I always forget how I always forget how much I love Quato until I see Quato crazy. And I'm like but I always, and I think I mentioned this when we were watching it, I always remember his voice being different than what it is. I, f- oh. I think I always remembered his voice being creepier. I think I always remember his voice as the voice that goes, Quay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always remember Quato as his, we're in spoilers, as his dying voice. Right. <clears throat> Not the, Right. The weird, yeah. Quay. Yeah, but also his look. Yeah. Okay, but I also think part of it is probably how fucking creepy he looks. He's so you pro- yeah. So your memory is probably attaching a creepy voice to what is a creepy fucking visual. He Quado is a mix between Chucky and a yes. cabbage patch doll. Yes. With like, weird like thinning hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And like covered in viscera. Yeah. Right, he's burst out of his thing. He's uh, covered in Vaseline. <laughs> he, he is so disgusting. So gross. So fucking awesome. And his little mini hands that, when he reaches out. Hand, and, oh. and Quaid doesn't hesitate. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will touch your belly hands, good sir. And his hands are quadruple the size. I fucking love Quato. Yeah, Quato's fucking great. That's another one. There's three scenes in this that are very much Verhoeven and very much you'll you'll always see these and it's the nose pulling out. The head opening and Quado in the belly. All of it. Him coming out, him talking to him, him dying, the shot in his head, all that shit. Yep. Um, so that's, those are the scenes. I, Spectacular. I, I went with six. Uh, I didn't, I, I had to skip over some ones I didn't, that I really love. Like, the, like <clears throat> I'm going to circle back quickly because I really want to point this out. And it is one of the things, I think it's the difference with a European filmmaker and an American filmmaker it is noted, which we'll get to later on when I get to the trivia, 
is that Verhoeven purposely wanted Laurie and um, Melina's fight to be a fight, not a cat fight. Oh, nice. I and like that. I remember that wa- would be the era of the cat fights, yes. too. And I remember watching this at the time going, these girls are fucking kicking ass. Right. Where before, you'd watch, when two girls fight, it was pretty hair bad. pulling. If you, and pull, yeah, if you yeah. saw a girl and a guy fight, especially if the girl was built up to be something, she could hold her own. Right. But never a girl versus girl fight would they ever actually fight. It was always a cat fight. Right. And this one was vicious. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Pr- proper training for it as well. We'll probably yep. touch on that too. But yeah, they're doing their own stunts there for the most part. Actually, the whole thing, I think it was them, right? Was it not? Because I remember watching something in, I don't know if it was a documentary or whatever, but Sharon Stone had been mentioning that she had been working on yep. the, yeah, the yep. pieces for that. So yeah, nice. Um, so what is your favorite scene? Oh, now it's hard. After all that, oh man, hold on. Let me really quickly look at my notes. I um, had I had mine picked. I had mine too, but and I'm, now I might I'm, have to double I'm, check. I'm changing it. Do you want me to go first? Because I'm ready with my pick. I I, I had I, it picked out. I I just I just changed it right now. Okay, I have a separate one too. So okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm I'm going with Quato. Yeah, I figured as much. Okay. Yeah, Quato. The the reveal of Quato. Take my hand. Yeah. Wait. I knew you were going to do that, so I'm going to switch it. (laughs) Yeah. Very similar, but I think this one holds for me so many more key pieces to the movie. So I'm going to do the one earlier on where he pulls the uh, bug out of his nose. At the abandoned factory? Right, because in that scene, we get that pulling out with that visual. We get the hologram watch, and we get the blood spatter, and it ends with Get Your Ass to Mars being repeated, which is like such an iconic line you love. I love that line. So (laughs) Get Your Ass to Mars. (laughs) Yeah, so that scene. Awesome. Well picked. All right. Let's get into performance review. Uh, I let off with scene, so why don't you start with whatever performance you'd like to talk about? Sure. Okay. I mean, well, let's get right into it. I'm, we will pick favorites, but I'm going to start yep. with yeah. I'm going to start with Arnie. This is we even man. We, we kind of blew our mind. What are we at for time? We're good for time. We're good. Okay. No, oh yeah. Don't don't worry yep. about the time. Okay. Yeah. So I I don't. Yeah. Maybe maybe you forget. I guess one might forget if they had recently seen an Arnie movie. The absolute specimen of a fucking man oh that God. this guy was. We both, maybe because of the size of the screen we're watching it on, we're both there. And we're just, I, when he first comes out with that jackhammer, you and I both were like, holy fuck, out loud. That dude is a beast. His yep. arms are fucking monsters. And very what you would call like a chiseled outline, a chiseled face, uh, had his hair done, good looking, freshly shaved. Just He's a, a handsome big, man. Just a big behemoth of a fucking like what you would, you know, aliens come down. What does a man look like? Fucking give him Arnie. There you go. That's a fucking man right there. That dude is a monster. You also have to take into consideration. He's never really been given up until that time. Maybe what you would consider a serious role to like test his acting chops. It's mostly action flicks, but he does so well with it that he's gotten to the stage of arguably a superstar at this time when oh, it comes to this is yeah this, this is, is at the height yeah this is the so height. this is right before like i'd say t2 would be the height but yes i agree with you he's t2 is the height and then it comes and then it comes down because for the sure only only thing after t2 is true lies that's it oh also i love that fucking movie but yeah he's yeah he's more of an adult there this is still like young arnie who's just shit kicking arnie and I mean, he does exactly what he's supposed to do. Hey, man, we want to hire you to have this get in this film. It's an action film. We want you to kick ass the whole time and be a fucking stud. And you're like, yeah, I got it. Still got the real heavy accent, you know, as he does throughout most of his career. Towards the end, he's kind of talking a little bit more, uh, 
North American English, but at that time he's got the heavy accent, doesn't fucking phase any audience member, doesn't phase anybody in the cast, doesn't phase a casting director, nobody, fuck it, put him in the movie, and he slaughters it, he, he does exactly what you pay this guy to do, he comes in and he kicks ass. The funny thing is, is I, I remember around this time, maybe shortly after T2, I kind of started to pull, like, pull away from Arnie and I kind of started to join the, the mockery of him. But right. revisiting his movies, I'm like, no, he he's not a great actor, but he's not a bad actor. At no point do I ever not believe that he's the character he's playing. Because you exactly he what you pay him to do, that's what you get in that yeah. movie. Um, I've so I've really grown to kind of it's basically a reappreciation of what Arnold yep. brought to brought to movies, uh, and I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, we'll be reviewing his other movie from this year later on with Jordan. And what's the other one this year? Last Action Hero? No. One that's fun. Kindergarten Cop. Oh, oh my. Very quotable as well. Yes. Who's your daddy? What does he do? <laughs> <laughs> no, not my dad. It's not a tumor. <laughs> oh, God. I'll go on for hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Arnold is amazing. It is. It's very enjoyable to be reminded of the physical specimen that he is. Because we don't have anything like that now. Like, not even close. The, the closest like rock, is The Rock. Say. Yeah. And The Rock is nothing. Like, there's... N- even The Rock at his most Jack would probably be like the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. Pale in comparison to Arnold and that jackhammer in this movie. Like, yeah, agreed. Pale. I know. And this is also 90s where I know there is bodybuilders at that time, but it's taken on a whole new form, right? Your Mr. Olympia, your Mr. Universes, and people really getting into working out. Now we have access to the internet and YouTube and so on and so forth. But at that time, if you want to see a dude that ripped, it's like Muscle and Fitness magazine or a fucking Arnie movie. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And he was the height even somebody like a Lou Ferrigno although Jack because of his shorter like height wise never got the accolades he ended up just being the Hulk and whatever right but like Arnie took it just to the next level just a monster of a man and delivered absolutely delivered awesome great pick yeah I know where you're going with this one I'm going with Sharon Stone no way okay interesting I did not see that coming (laughs) you proceed uh, this was my introduction to Sharon Stone, and I remember, distinctly remember thinking, I'm like, holy fuck, she's so hot. Especially the scene we talked about where she mm. says, you can tie me up, and she Sweaty. takes the straps of mm. her top and just wrap the previews of things to come in two years' time yep. for Basic Instinct, where she uses her sexuality to completely own a scene. And... She's not quite magnetic on screen here, but seeing this and then seeing what she does with Basic Instinct, you see the connection and you can see why Paul Verhoeven, the director of both films, ended up choosing her. For sure. Even though she was not the first choice for Basic Instinct. Not even, like, not even close. But Do you, you think yeah. Sharon Stone reaches the on-screen sexuality and presence of a Marilyn Monroe. No. Okay. No. Nice. I'm glad you said that. No. An Audrey Hepburn. No. Okay, good man. You are a smart, smart man. 
Yeah. Sharon Stone. It's different. It's a manipulation with her, and it's just raw sexual looks as opposed to the flirtatiousness of a Marilyn Monroe or the idea of that type of woman. So I'm glad you said that. It's a it's a different era as well, so it's hard to compare. It's like comparing LeBron and a Jordan, but I'm glad you said that because it's very different. Yeah, it's yeah. very different. Um, you can tell that Sharon. You can. The funny thing is, when you see her and her intensity in this role, it's easy for me to see that she took this shit seriously. She put in the work. The fight scenes are really fucking good. Yeah. For that time, they obviously don't stand up to what we see now. That's not fair. It's not a fair comparison. Right. Um, but that fight scene she has uh, with Rachel Ticketon, uh outside in the hallway uh, is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. It's a great fight scene. I'm not even saying it's a great fight scene for, for women. That era. Yep. It's a great fight scene. Yep. And they do a really great job. And you can see that Sharon put in the work to get trained for the role right because her kicks are good i agree her punches Bo- both of them yeah her punches are punches i see the punches she throws in there and i'm like that would knock me out yeah you don't want to be standing you in can front of see that punches thrown in other movies from women and i've seen punches thrown by guys i'm like that wouldn't hurt me right i might i might get a bruise on my shoulder M- movie punch yeah yeah um and so yeah uh, my next choice uh for the performance was sharon sharon stone well done. Well, I'm very sad to take this from you okay. because th- uh, this was bar none. I thought for sure you're going with this. I'm going to go with our good old buddy Michael Ironside for Richter. <laughs> I-, I can't believe you didn't pick that, dude. Yeah. Um, what a nice little menacing figure, right? So we've got – you could kind of argue who's your antagonist here, who's your like worst of the guy. Ronnie Cox, who we love from Beverly Hills, cop. We love him. I love him. Um, well, I, I love him from RoboCop. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. RoboCop. So, like, he is like your, you know, the president of the bad guys. He's sort of the head of the the agency, which we'll get into too. That annoys me that we never really do find out, quote unquote, what the agency is, or do we? And I just I've missed it every time. They keep talking. In this movie, yeah. No, they don't talk about right? it. Right? Yeah, they always say the agency, but we never really get a, a glimpse into it. Anyway, although Ronnie Cox would be the head of that agency. Um, or running Mars and controlling the air. The real bad guy in this is Michael Ironside, Richter. He's the one constantly chasing. He's also kept in the dark about why he's chasing and why he's doing the things that he's doing, yeah. but he does it with such ferocity and such intensity. He just, he he hates him. He really wants to accomplish this mission, but he fucking hates him. Probably because he was banging his girlfriend, <laughs> right? Um, I love, I love oh, that yeah. whole subplot. Oh, so good. Yeah, so... He kills it. He also, a lot of his acting isn't just face-to-face. It's over the screen a lot of times, right? So he's being told what to do by... By Cohagen. Right. And so he's having to react there. Now, we know the way it is shot. You know, that's being either told to him as a line or it's being played on a thing or whatever. But he doesn't have an actor in front of him to go off of. So he's creating that intensity, that energy, that anger, all of it on his own. Same thing with Sharon Stone. That's his girlfriend. A lot of it is scenes with just her on a screen calling him or he's in the background or whatever. But you can always see it. It's like the eyes with him, eh? It's like, man, he just nice intensity and nice veracity. And I think he does great. He's wonderful in this. I agree. Uh, I've always been a Michael Ironside fan. And I was just trying to think back. I'm like, I know that I liked him prior to this movie. 
but I couldn't figure out what it was. The head exploding in video was it video drone? I no. I didn't see video drone, but I think you're talking about someone where the head explodes. Mindfield. Maybe I'll look he, it up while you're doing that. Yeah, he's the main character because I can see his. He's on the poster. Okay. I don't know if you remember this, but it is. He was also in Top Gun, but that's not what I'm going with. Okay. There was a show, a miniseries, and then became a TV show. That is maybe arguably my favorite miniseries I've ever watched. Oh, V. Oh yeah. Oh wow. He, old school yeah he, i remember he that he was in it he was one of the rebellions he was part of the rebellion dude that was so cool as a kid i remember staying up and being blown away by that was it the green blood or whatever no they're lizards or the, the lizard right fuck i couldn't remember yeah yeah was the v was was it in red or in green it was red. green red. it was red red fucking my old man memory now yeah that was the coolest shit yeah yeah um so i remember him from that show and he's once you've seen Michael Ironside in a movie, you'll never forget him. It's that voice. It's the voice. It's the distinctive voice and that absolute clear-cut presence on screen that you just – he's not charismatic. He's commanding. Oh, I like that. He's, yeah. He, he, in my opinion, Michael Ironside will, will, would never have been a leading man. He's a perfect supporting actor. Mm -hmm. He's he's like he is in another Paul Verhoeven film. He's um, Starship Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yeah, he's the he's the captain or sergeant. Right, right. He he's the guy that will lead our our main character into glory. He will help get him there. He's like the perfect supporting, supporting. actor. I like he that. May, in my opinion, like in every movie I see him in, I always like him. He's got a small role in The Perfect Storm. Love him. Mm -hmm. He's got all these really great small roles that I always just absolutely adore. Like, he's great. Um, what's the other one I want? Okay, while you're looking at that, yeah. are you a Cronenberg guy? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Okay, but very similar aesthetically to a Verhoeven when it comes to, like, the practical effects or the, uh, um, the uh, oh, God, not what I'm thinking. Anyway, the movie I'm thinking of with Ironside is uh, Scanners. Oh, and yes. This, when the head explodes, yes. yeah, I got it pulled up here. So when that head explodes, that's very Verhoeven. Yep. Um, and I'll never forget that. It's not his head that explodes, but it's because he's on screen with him at the same time. It's very creepy, very eerie. Uh, yeah, Cronenberg's a bit weird. Cronenberg's into body horror. Yeah, it's too much. What's the other one that he does that's really... Um... Well, Existence. Yeah, uh, not that one. I'm thinking earlier. Fly, the yeah, fly. for sure, obviously. But there's another one earlier from scanners where it's just that weird shit and with the head exploding it's just outrageous <laughs> i did just came on <laughs> absolutely outrageous all right <clears throat> are we done with ironside oh yeah i think so okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go with ronnie cox nice yeah a, 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 re a really great kind of like top villain the the man the man behind the curtain kind of thing um Ronnie Cox is really great. You mentioned uh, him from Beverly Hills Cop. He's awesome. A completely different character. For sure. Same power dynamic because he he's the captain in the Beverly Hills precinct. Um, but he's such a great and caring man. Like Even though he's obviously very mad at Axel, um, he, they, they, they form a bond. And it's the – spoiler alert for Beverly Hills Cop 2. It's the assassination attempt on him – that spurs Beverly Hills Cop 2 into action. That's why Axel comes back to Beverly Hills. It's, But he's so great at playing this 
corporate asshole because he plays the, honestly plays almost the exact same Robo-Cop, role in RoboCop for sure. But it's if you can fucking hit it out of the park, just fucking do it. Yeah. You want you want a home run? You want a home run? Well, he hit a home run in this movie, so why don't we just bring him in? He, he'll do the same role. Who cares if it's typecast? Typecast, hundred percent. Just fucking yep. sign it up. Put him in the same suit if you want, which essentially he is. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I always like him. He, yep. he just does that smarmy asshole shit so well. Um. I absolutely, I absolutely loved him. And his death scene is spectacular. So good. I don't pay you to know. I don't fucking pay you to know. You just do what I say. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good pick. That's all I really want to talk about with in performance wise. There wasn't anybody else that really kind of stood out for me. No, I agree with you, but I do want to do a little asterisk on the side here. Sure There's thing. a couple of just the most memorable thing that you're going to remember as a kid watching this movie for the first time. Yeah, is when we go to the brothel area. What's it, Venusville? Yeah, what a wonderful name considering we're on Mars. Um, Two characters, actually. The funny thing is, the first one I always remember so much that I didn't even think about the second one. We're talking about the three-breasted woman. Yeah. What an absolute classic. Just unbelievable, hilarious, great addition to the movie. Sure. And then can second, I just, go can ahead. I just jump in here with uh, the three-breasted woman? I love it. Um, did as, they have her in Total Recall, the remake? Uh, yes, they did. Okay. Um, no, that's... Uh, did, you, did you watch it? Fuck no. Okay, yeah, don't. They don't um, even go to Mars, I heard. No, they don't. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as the scene was approaching... When we were watching it two days ago, I kept going in my mind. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to come. I'm like, is it? Do they even look good? <laughs> I mean, I and, doubt it. <laughs> and they do look real. <laughs> oh, you're saying if they do they look real? Yeah, yeah. do they look real? Like, do they look good? Like, right. Not, not, like, right. do they look good? Like, at, I, obviously, as a 14-year-old boy, For I thought sure. it was the greatest fucking oh, thing fuck in the world. Oh, fuck me, too. Yeah, me, too. I couldn't believe it. I would, uh, That's all that we talk about. Yes. You see that movie? There's fucking three tits in it. Yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Uh, so this time, like, I truly can't remember the last time I've seen Total Recall prior to this watch for the podcast. It's pretty easy for me to say it hasn't been while my daughter's been alive. So that's a decade. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure I've never watched it with Julie. So that goes back to 2007. What? I've probably seen it in the last 10 years like four or five times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's been, we're going close to 20 years since I've last seen Total Recall. And three-breasted but women. I've seen it so many times that not one thing that happened in the movie did I not remember. Right, for sure. But I was very intrigued. Are those boobs going to look real? Okay, I've got a question for you. And they do. I've got a question for you. Yes, because sir. now I thought about watching this when I saw it last time. Do you think it's one entire piece with three boobs made or her regular two boobs and a third boob inserted in the middle? It's a piece. That's what I say. Yeah. It's for sure a piece. Yep. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that. There's no way they'd be able to perfectly match. Yeah. No way. So, yes, they look good and they're all three fake. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Cool. Okay. And- Okay, one? so the other one's going to be – I couldn't – I honestly couldn't even remember that that was her name. I burst out laughing when they said it. I was so fucking happy. So we get the fight scene when they come in there and they burst in. They're trying to find Quaid, but he snuck out the back uh, area by uh, uh, Vagina Face. <laughs> Tony. Tony. Tony, Vagina Face. They sneak out the back there and they come in. Where is he? And a three-bested woman comes up and unfortunately is shot in the back. And then we get our big bar scene fight here. And a gun is thrown to our little person who starts shooting people up. 
And her name is Thumbelina. Holy fucking awesome. <laughs> Unbelievable. Little Asterix, thank you so much for casting and naming her Thumbelina. Loved it. Debbie Lee Carrington. Ah, oh, what a champion. Thank you. I think, oh, if I'm not mistaken, she was on a Seinfeld episode as well. when it was. She, the... she passed away five years ago. No! Yeah. I think she was in Seinfeld, the episode where Mickey was lifting, where he had the, you, the things I, in his shoes. You're not a Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll find out for you quickly. Okay, that would be lovely. Well, thank you for what you've left. Uh, yeah, she was Tammy. Tammy! Yeah, that's it. Thank you for what you've left on the history of cinema. You deserved a spot at the end of... Oh, boy. I'm too tired. Too much movie watching now. You deserved a spot at the, the perfor- end... Uh, the performance review? No. Nope, oh. Of Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> when we think of the most iconic movie moments, you deserved a spot there. Thank you for your contribution. Did you like Babylon? Yeah, okay, so let's get into this really super, super quick. Why did you think I might not like it? What did you think I wasn't going to like about it? Because it's a fucking five. I fucking love that movie. Just that the only problem oh. I do have at the end is... No. Okay, go ahead, please. It's just that... Are you li- spoil something? Just the way that it was shot there with the... Okay. Yeah, I mean like end, end, end. The way they shot it and then they started flashing all this stuff and then like, you must love movies. I'm like, well, that's a bit contrived and weird like i already had those emotions coming i don't need you know the clips or whatever but holy fuck that movie's unbelievable dude okay this is my thought with babylon babylon is so incredibly well made but it's also kind of so over the top my opinion is of babylon i think people are either going to give it a four or five or a two right i don't think people are going to say that movie was okay for sure they're going to be like that's one of the best movies I've seen. Right. Or, no thank you, I'm okay. But you thought I was going to be a no thank you, I'm okay? Interesting. But how much I love movies and how much I appreciate a scene that's been done well and then how yeah, much I, I appreciate those actors. Like. Okay, well, you're a piece of shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. The thing is, this is, uh, this is uh, I'll say my last thing about Babylon. If you want to add on afterwards, great right ahead, I'll get us back on this track. I think Babylon is a kind of movie in about 10 years is going to be considered a masterpiece. I think it's going to be an overlooked masterpiece, similar to something like the Maltese Falcon. Ooh, I like that. That's something, a good throwback. Something that was somewhat regarded and taken care of, but as time went on and people, very similar to the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, very much. A movie that was underappreciated as time. Yeah, didn't the people make... that saw it loved it. Right. And then it's just going Told to continue to grow. People are going to come back to Babylon and they're going to realize what an incredibly amazing movie that is. It There's so many good things about it. You could even break it down scene by scene and individual scenes on their own are almost would be a masterpiece and I would say the first one where they're dealing with sound and they're trying to shoot that one scene with her. Even just that scene is so fucking well done. Yep. And, and that's just part of the story of making movies of in this movie. The same thing with him going to get the reel and then coming up to the end and just getting the golden fucking the magic hour light the end of it like oh my god then we've got the everything about it dude that movie is fucking spectacular and appreciating movies the way we do you get through that golden era of movies not only seeing how they were made and appreciating that and especially me with like the silent films but then you get to see the surgence of how they dealt with uh, what's your opinion on singing in the rain 
I love it. Why? You don't like it? You love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was Maya's favorite movie for however many weeks in a row. Well, yeah, it's great. For, for years. For years. Yeah. No, I love it. So, like, yeah, now we've got that type of movie making. But then we see behind the scenes, which is those people who, especially like a Brad Pitt, who your time is over. You know what I mean? And that one scene where she explains it, and then he's like, thanks for that. The Man, it's fucking great. It's, it's, there, it's, there's a, a it's lot. It's a fucking masterpiece. I agree. That movie's fucking unbelievable. Yep. I, my only qualm, again, is just you re- for somebody like you and I, you you don't need to shove it down our throat right at the very, very, very end that much. I already love it and appreciate it, and I can conjure up my own images of movies that I love and how they've affected my life. You don't need to tell me which ones, right? You, that part, I was a little like, ah, oh, I can see why people might not like that. I didn't like the descent into hell scene. That's weird as fuck. Yeah, they was, needed it though. You, for what? I don't want to talk about. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yep. Right, because it's already a three-hour movie and a three-hour podcast with you and me, as per usual. But yeah, fair enough. All right, favorite performance. Oh, fuck. Now you're making it hard. Uh, you know what? I got I to gotta go Arnie. I got to do Arnie. Backing you up. It's Arnie. 100%. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. The, yeah. the movie's on his shoulders, and he carries it. Yep. Yeah. A close second for me is Michael Ironside. <laughs> of course, yeah, you picked Sharon Stone second, but yes, fair enough. Yeah. A, a close third is Quato. Yeah, short scene, amazing. Five minutes on screen time. <laughs> All right, uh, technical review. I'll start here. Go ahead. Um, I'm not. I'm not picking them in, in regards to what's my favorite. I'm just talking about the ones I want to talk about. The score was better than I remembered. Mm, yeah, I really enjoyed the score. Mm. Um, one of the things I did do. I sometimes do it fairly regularly, except for movies that I haven't seen. So, like, what's something I hadn't. I hadn't watched uh, the movie we reviewed Awakenings a couple weeks ago. Oh, God, I love it. Well, I'm sorry. It, was, it was okay. I didn't really like it that much. Interesting. I gave it a three. It didn't fail. Right. You can't. But I didn't. For a movie like Total Recall, all the trivia that I'll be doing later, I did it last weekend. Put it in my notes. Oh, okay. Like yeah. So I, when I was reading on oh, some stuff. you were thinking about it while you watched. I was. And one of my all-time favorite scores is the score um, from Conan the Barbarian by Basil Poldoris. And I thought you were going to say Last of the Mohicans. Last of the Mohicans is probably my number one. Okay, yeah. Um, but the Conan the Barbarian score is eas- easily top ten, probably fighting for top five. Okay. The score for the Total Recall is heavily influenced by that. Ah. The uh, composer, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, mentions it, that he really enjoyed that score. Interesting. And there, if you listen to the main theme of Conan the Barbarian, which I think is called The Anvil of Krom, and the main theme to Total Recall, they are very similar. You're Interesting. Not like, you're not like, oh, I can hear it. You're like, oh, they're exactly the same. Interesting. Well, funny, when you had the movie on, I was still getting my paper ready and yep. my computer ready. And as I was walking in to sit down and watch it, that was the first thing. I, I'd never even thought about that before. But the music was what suited it well, but it was it stood out. It was nice. It was yep. good. Yeah, interesting. Awesome. Uh, what would you like to discuss? Um, and sorry, now technical. we're doing technical? Yep. Okay. So, so any technical aspect? Well, f- practical effects. There you uh, go. 100%. Without question. Yeah. What a fucking absolute delight to have especially at this time and especially we're kids and we get to see this weird crazy cool shit that you wouldn't get to normally see you wouldn't see this kind of stuff on tv you had to go to a movie like this to see it yep and they fucking killed it yeah i i loved it yeah i'm with you the special effects there's obviously we we heaped a ton of praise on the uh practical effect with the the exploding head yeah the the two weeks lady for lack of a better word yeah we 
the I'm nose. not talking. We're not talking. Yeah, the nose. Um, I'm leaving out. I don't count makeup as special effects. Okay. Yeah. So that that as well, unbelievable for sure. Quato crazy, like unreal. See, like Quato might be a special effect. Oh, I see. Because what you're that's saying. an animatronic, right? right? Yeah. So, but like little crossover in this. Yeah. But yes. Like Quato is a special effect. Attaching Quato to that actor for sure is is part of Pro- makeup, right? right. Um, at least that's that's how whether or not, however the movies actually break it down in my head, that's that's a that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Tony's face isn't a special effect; it's makeup. That's makeup, yeah. right? Um, holy shit! There was actually only three nominees for makeup this year. Well, we're adding this. And the winner, what are we at? Ninety, so nineteen ninety. Okay, I, I would if you get who the winner. If you, well, depending on how well you know yours. If you get the winner, I'll be shocked. From ninety, I won't remember. No, you won't. And I wonder if you've seen it. Do you want it? So I well, tell me the three, and I'll I'll tell you which one won. Okay, so the nominees are uh, Cyrano de Bergerac, Dick Tracy, and Edward Scissorhands. So it's Dick Tracy. Yeah, yeah, I've and, seen it. Yeah, I remember. It? I saw it in yeah, theaters. sledgehammer head or whatever. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay, that actually makes sense. Yes, though. it does. Yeah, that's really to be cool. honest, you could put this in there, but it's not beating Dick Tracy. Nope. That's the only good thing about that movie. Well, yeah, yeah, no, it's not. the yellow, I, the yellow. The, I can't wait to rewatch it. To just a rip to shreds. I, Pacino got a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Get the fuck out of here. Yes. I remember even watching as a kid and not liking it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I'm really excited to revisit it. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, 100% I remember Dick Tracy winning that. And that is actually very well-deserved, especially at that time. Yeah. Um, but, but back to the special effects. So we have uh, the head coming apart. We have all those miniatures, like the shots of Mars. Well done. Absolutely fucking incredible. Uh, the blue screen, not as good. Um, if they had access to green screen and knew a little bit how to clean it up, it might be better. Yeah. Yeah. But still looks great. Like, especially the scenes, like the ones that stand out, cause you're not really looking for them, but like we're in spoilers after they've escaped, after they've killed Lori and they're escaping. Oh yeah. And Richter goes to shoot them. But in the background is the, the glass. So he can't shoot them because it'll explode and they'll all die. But all that back there is blue screen. It's that's Mars. blue screen or, or it's a matte painting. Or, right. Okay. That it might be actually. And well, it depends which way you're looking at the shot because yep. there was some where it looked like blue screen. But right. we also we also saw the shot that you and I both couldn't remember of the spaceship. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, and like the squibs. I didn't get to talk oh, about it, but I here's my chance. The, squibs, yeah. the fucking human shield. Oh the yeah. Human shield on the escalator. <laughs> yeah. This guy takes bullets. I'm not even trying. To exaggerate, literally becomes Swiss cheese. Yep. He, I would say conservatively. 15, 20? 15 to 20 massive rounds of bullets yeah. pumped into this guy. Good squibs. Good lot. They're packed and with whoever a lot, Whoever that actor is. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. I tip my cap to you, good sir. Yeah. Because if, you were a, if you're a dummy, then we're back to the special effects and makeup. Amazing. Kudos to you. Or, or if you are an actual human being that had to be held up numerous for uh, quite a long time by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who probably had no problem doing it, right? A man of that size and that strength. You just stayed limp. That dead. crazy. Perfect. Chef's kiss to you, good sir. Yeah. I tip my cap. And those squibs were high up too. Yes. So some of those explosions on shoulders, how do you stay that limp and dead and just getting shots to the face there? Yeah, he was excellent. That's a good scene. I'm going to see if I can 
Okay. Yeah, many, many, many bullets. You know what? While you tip your cap to that scene, there is another one that we skipped over that I love, and it's very close sort of in between the ones. It's when we originally see the x-ray machine, which shows people walking to see if they have any weapons or not on them. So we originally see it with no weapons, and then later on when Arnie oh. has the gun and he runs through. The x-ray Fuck, machine? that's so well done. That was so fucking cool back then. Dude. Dude, man, not only they matched people's arms and leg movements as they went from the x-ray into real life. And then when he comes there with the gun and it flashes, he jumps towards the screen, shatters it, and we get more effects combined with more effects, right? We get double effects there. So I thought that was another part where it's a standout memory of the film, the red flashing and the and the popping through the thing. A lot of glass shattering in this as, as well. We had a lot of sugar glass getting exploded. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last one that I want to talk about, and we already kind of touched upon it, um, is the makeup. Makeup. Uh, makeup is absolutely spectacular. Tony's vagina face looks fantastic. <laughs> the little mutant girl and her mutant mom. Oh, right. Great. Yeah. Um, we probably actually, for special effects, um, Benny's arm would be a special effect, not makeup. Yep. Uh, there's yeah, well really done. great, um, really great special effects and really great makeup in here. Uh, honestly, I'm... With only three nominees for makeup, I'm stunned that this didn't make I it. I agree. I don't understand. Fuck. 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 Here fuck. we go. Fuck. We fuck. 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 Special effects. Okay. And I'm so angry because it's one of my favorite things about this movie is when they're on the surface of Mars. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The heads. Exp- yes. Right. Because it's right at the end. That's why yes. we didn't talk about it. Oh yeah, the eyes bulging out, yep. the face is getting thing, and then the reverse effect as well as they finally get the oxygen into yep. their system. Yeah, dude, this movie's fucking chock full of that kind of shit. It's funny that we didn't mention that before because how many other good effects you've already seen that this almost becomes par for the course. You're like, oh yeah, of course they did great fucking scenes. Yeah, yeah, really good. Awesome. Um, the uh, the last thing about makeup is what an amazing job to make uh, what is normally considered a very ugly human being look good, which is Sharon Stone. That makeup really made her, uh, here we go, man, he's going to lose it. All right, so the Mikey and Manny movie podcast no longer exists. (laughs) We're back. Welcome back, Sam. Back to a solo podcast. (laughs) Wow, that is (laughs) fucked up. Uh, All right, Uh, pick your favorite technical aspect. Unless there's other ones you want to touch on, I thought no, you... No, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. So practical effects, I yeah, guess. Yeah, special yeah. effects there's for me. There's no way. Spe- Hands yeah. down. It's won, unbelievable. They, they won a, uh, a special achievement Oscar for, for them this year. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Favorite quotes? Why don't you start us off? I got a bunch. Let me just take a look real quick. Oh, oh my God. At, the, at Total Recall. That beats me. I just work here. Love that one. <laughs> Fucking love that one. Um, sorry, Quaid, your whole life is just a dream. Fucking great. Yep. Um, what have you been feeding this thing? Blondes. And a man is defined by his actions, not his memory. Nah, that's Quato. Quato, great fucking line. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'd say those ones. All right. Uh, so my first one is, uh, I had to put it in there. This is from Quaid. Consider that a divorce. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I love you. That's great. Uh, this is a, a back and forth from Melina and Douglas, as uh, my, my co-host has already said. Uh, Hello, Hauser. Still bulging, I see. What have you been feeding this thing? Blondes. <laughs> so good. Um, this is from the character uh, called Fat Lady. Two weeks. So good. Um, this is from... Arguably my favorite character. Johnny Cab. No. 
Damn Johnny Cap is good though. Johnny Cap is good. Uh, but no, it's Quaid. Oh. Quaid. Uh, and then my last quote is a back and forth uh, between Richter and his best friend Helm. I want that fucker dead. I don't blame you, man. I wouldn't want a guy like Quaid porking my old lady. You saying she liked it? Uh, no. I'm sure she hated every minute of it. Porking. Fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Asterix, tiny shout out to Johnny Cab for the fasten your seat belts. <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. Awesome. Favorite quote. Favorite by a mile. A man is defined by his actions, not his memory. Uh, I desperately, desperately want to give this, um, actually... I really wanted to give it to what are you feeding this thing? So it's good. not it's not a quote I remembered, but when we watched it on this one, I fucking died. So fucking funny. I also really I did want to give it to two weeks. <laughs> yeah. But I can't. I gotta give it to my boy. Quaid. He loves it. Quaid. You gotta open your mind, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Awesome. Actually, both of us giving it to Quato. Yeah, well, dude, this th- that line. It really defines this movie too. Yes. I mean, like it's such a well written to, to think that an action flick like this has like a nice poignant line like that just randomly splattered in it yep. from that character. Spectacular. Wicked. All right, Charles. It's the part that sometimes not that much fun. What's the weak link of the film? I didn't even think about this. Um, I've got mine. Okay, go. You go ahead. I'll think about it. I don't it's, know. It's the love oh, between Quaid and Molina. Oh, right. I don't mind Contrived. that they had a relationship prior to his memory being wiped. Right. And I understand that Quaid has been dreaming about Molina. That's how this whole, that's, that's right. how the movie starts. And that's why him. he wants to go to Mars. Yep. But she's done nothing to make him fall in love with her. And he says that he loves her in the movie. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, she says whatever. And he goes, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. The catacombs there. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to because I've already fallen in love with you. Yeah. Oh, how can I convince you that you were in love with me? Oh, you don't have to. I already. I already am. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I've always. I've always hated it. it. I've always hated it. Well, there's a lot about their relationship that I don't like. When he first shows up, you got a lot of nerve here. Gets mad at him, slaps him in the face, and says, "How dare you? You left me here all by myself." And then is mad that he has, quote unquote, a wife, but she's a prostitute. Is that not so? She has sex with men for money that clearly all have wives or maybe they don't but why would you be mad at him i don't know yeah i didn't that part was pretty weak yeah so that's that's the only weak link for me okay i thought of mine mine is just a little bit about maybe the agency i didn't like how i thought about it finally for the first time we never really do find out what the agency is who the agency is anything like that but to be honest after what you just said yeah that makes a lot more fucking sense i thought you were gonna try to install more Rage me, and when you you said it's gonna be, and you pause for a second, I was like, he's gonna say Sharon Stone. And I'm no, like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. All right, uh, I got some trivia for you. Ready? Yeah, love Beautiful. it. Arnold Schwarzenegger noticed that Michael Ironside was constantly on the phone between takes. When he broached the subject with Ironside, he was told that he was phoning his sister and that she was currently suffering from cancer. Arnold immediately brought Michael to his trailer, and they had an hour-long three-way conversation with Ironside's sister about what exercises she should do and what kinds of foods she should be eating. Ironside has never forgotten Schwarzenegger's kindness, and neither has his sister. I Somehow I have heard that before. I don't know how. Yeah, yep. that's so awesome. Uh, when Ronald Shusset and Dan O'Bannon first started working on the screenplay for this movie back in the 1970s, they realized that the movie would probably be too expensive and difficult to make by the standards of special effects and budget at the time. 
They delayed working on the story and instead worked on an idea O'Bannon had about a space monster terrorizing a spaceship crew. This became Alien. Oh, I love that. I did not know that. That's fucking awesome. Arnold Schwarzenegger was so impressed by how much dedication Sharon Stone had in training for her character role that he even referred to her as the female Terminator. Nice. She was inducted into the Stunt Woman Association as an honorary member. Fucking well done. Yep. To coincide with the movie's release, Sharon Stone posed nude for Playboy magazine, showing off the buff body she developed in preparation for the movie. Sharon pumped iron and learned Taekwondo. I don't... How do I not remember that as a kid? I guess uh, maybe a little too young for Well, I didn't fall in love for Sharon Stone until two years right. later with Basic Instinct. Plus, 14-year-olds aren't necessarily, like, thinking about looking at a Playboy. I had no idea. Good for her. Was I looking at Playboys? Oh, yes, I was. Really? I had easier access. Mike Frank. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> well, I had to delete that out. <laughs> I, I love this. Cut that, cut And back. I'm so glad I saw this. Prior to watching the movie. So you're going to enjoy this when you watch it next time. Oh, here Are you we ready? go. Yeah. Coca-Cola is, only, is the only advertised soft drink on Earth. On Mars, we only see ads for Pepsi. Fuck off. They got a two-way deal with them? I guess that's unbelievable. Yeah. Getting money from both of the giants. Yep, yep. They probably had something sneaky in the claws that's, oh, that's fucking awesome. The scene where the air to Mars colony is cut off was initially shot with the Martians violently gasping for oxygen. However, this gave the scene an unintentionally comical feeling. Mm. It was director of photography Jos Vakano who suggested to have the actors lying down quietly while fighting to survive in order to give the scene a much more dramatic tone. He remembered how effective this had been when he shot a similar scene in Das Boot. Das Boot. In the same way. Nice. Yeah, I'm for it. This hurts. Oh, no. But are you ready? No. All right. The three-breasted hooker, Mary, was originally supposed to have four breasts. <laughs> but the producer thought it looked too much like cow's breasts. <laughs> Actress, I'm going to pronounce it as Leisha. It's L-Y-C-I-A. Leisha? L-Y-C-I-A. Leisha. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Leisha Naff says she found the experience of playing Mary quite humiliating, as if she mm. exposed her real breasts. Mm. Proving right there what it was. Right. She says that her smile on screen was only on the surface, and she was near tears during the shoot. She found the whole thing so degrading that she refused to do any publicity for the movie, even turning down a shot on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Oh, that's so sad. I know. So struggling actress, just wanted to pay the bills, got a role, and then found out what it was, and her agents probably just like, fucking do it. Aw, that's <clears throat> sad. The name written on the passport of the two weeks lady arriving on Mars is Priscilla Allen. The real name of the actress. Nice. Uh, the making of this film inspired another epic film project partnership between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Paul Verhoeven, where they planned to make a movie about the Middle Eastern Crusades, as the two men agreed that a film of that scale would be a great follow-up project to Total Recall. The project reportedly got as far as having a completed screenplay, sets, props, and costumes, and was nearly entering production. Unfortunately, producer Mario Kassar and his Karokal studio ran into extended financial problems. Not being able to afford two huge projects at the same time, Kassar greenlit Cutthroat Island and canceled Crusade. Horrible. And the subsequent commercial failure of the former bankrupted the studio, shelving the profit project indefinitely. Mm, lovely. Thanks so much, guys. Good choice. A Middle Eastern Crusades film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger directed by Paul Verhaven. Sounds like maybe both might have been failures or <laughs> Crusade could be great. Yeah. Uh, 1991, the year in which this movie competed for the Academy Awards, has been, as of 
2021, the last time in which there were no formal nominees in the Best Visual Effects category. The film received a Special Achievement Award for Visual Effects and also competed for Best Sound Mixing and Best Sound Effects Editing. So from 1992 going forward, there is a Best Visual Effects Award given out for Inter- nom- with nominees. Interesting. Yep. Regardless of this, yeah, this is the last one. So this is the big one. Regardless of whether people believe the movie as a whole is a dream or reality, according to Paul Verhoeven, the first 20 minutes or so of the movie, from the beginning up until the point where Quaid first undergoes the implantation of his recall vacation, is all reality. As director Paul Verhoeven is careful to explain on the DVD commentary when Dr. Edgemar visits Quaid, he outlines the entire third act of the movie. He says that if Quaid kills him, the walls of reality would come crashing down. Moments after Quaid shoots Edgemar, the walls of the apartment literally crash down. He says that Quaid will believe himself the savior of the resistance, only to discover that he is, in fact, Kohagen's bosom buddy, which is exactly what happens. And he says that he will have visions of an alien civilization, which Quaid experiences during the mind meld with Quado. Verhoeven points out that if a viewer believes the whole film is a dream, then Edgemar's prediction that Quaid will end up being lobotomized is fulfilled in the fade to white, which ends the movie doesn't fade to black it fades to white i didn't ever realize that there are many scenes that take place away from quaid mostly involving villains chasing after him while this makes perfect sense to the audience it does not make sense if the entire movie is a memory implant since he would not be able to remember things where he wasn't present this could be seen as evidence that the events of the movie are real and not a memory implant so arguments for both sides interesting you can draw your own conclusion i think both are correct. I think the movie can be both for everybody. I've always gone back and forth, and the last time I watched it three weeks ago, I couldn't decide. And then when we watched it, I was like, "Okay, it is real." That's my, I've always gone with. I think it's, it's real. real. Yeah, there was too many things at the beginning that wouldn't make sense if not, i.e., the wife being implanted, the guy. Why is everyone at the beginning convincing him not to go back to Mars? Because they know if he does, he's gonna blow the plot the one that's always the wife in why would they even have sharon stone there yeah, yeah. it's that's not the one the one that actually always convinces me that's real is when he's jack cameron with harry and he tells yeah. harry and harry will and not looks at yeah, he's yeah. Like, like don't fucking do it well it's everybody her at the breakfast table saying not to go him saying it by saying schizoid embolism which they talk about later when he goes to recall and says what about that guy oh we're leaps and bounds ahead of that yeah. so yeah there's a ton of little hints there earlier on and then they actually, he wouldn't have made it so perfectly well to fit in yep. with it being real if it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Some casting what ifs. Mm. Now, I put this one in here because this character or this actor means something to Sam. I don't know if you have a connection to him. Proceed. Um, but Kurtwood Smith turned down the role of Richter. I don't even know who that is. He's the dad in that 70s show. Okay. Oh, he'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Smith. Uh, Smith felt the role was too similar to his character as Clarence Boddicker in RoboCop. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Reeve was offered but turned down the role of Douglas Quaid. That makes no sense. Okay, yeah. No, you, gotta, you gotta remember. Yeah, pre. I know. It, Superman. Well, it's, no, it's not that. You gotta, you gotta take Arnold out. You gotta remember that this is supposed to be a secret agent. Mm. They're not gonna look like Arnold. They have to blend in. Right. Similar, like similar to like thinking that he's a secret agent. In True Lies. That's what makes it funny. Right. Is that he's he doesn't blend in. He stands out. Yeah. So the original idea, if I remember, in my Especially research, which I didn't have in here, seventies. Douglas Quaid was supposed to be like an accountant. Right. Like that a makes, fucking like a nerd. Right. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
that's a very and again if it's written in the 70s you're not even thinking a guy's going to be that kind of a super jacked super agent you're thinking like robert redford for sure or christopher reeves is perfect because when he's not superman he's like he looks like an accountant glasses and whatever right clark Kent. yeah jeff bridges matthew broderick richard dreyfus and tom Selleck were considered for the role of quaid that's insane to me the dude the dude the dude <laughs> Here's the last one. This one, I like. Okay. Now, I'm not saying I would like it more than Arnold because I love Arnold in this movie. But this one did intrigue me, and I liked it. Patrick Swayze was signed to play Quaid. You do love Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. I like crazy Swayze. You do like the Swayze? Again, I'm not saying I want Swayze over Arnold. Right. I, just, but out do? of everybody that we listed, I'll take him. You want some Dalton in there kicking ass, eh? Fuck yeah, I do. How many years after was Dalton? After like Ro- a year or two? Like 91, 92? Roadhouse has got to be two years after. Two okay. years before this. Two years before. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I can see it then. He's already got an ass-kicking movie. He's got several yeah. ass-kicking movies. He's ruggedly handsome. The fem- so this is the year, but it's the year before. Females love him. But he's also he would have also had Next of Kin. Oh, right. And he hadn't done Point Break yet. Nope, Point Break's after this. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know what? I like that one. Sweet. I'll take it. I like that. Let's just take a quick peek. Yeah, so, oh. Next of Kin and Roadhouse are right before, oh. And he's got Ghost this, this same year. Oh, gee. That's oh, not yeah. an action movie. Yeah. Point Break is 91. Yeah. He's also got Tiger Warsaw in 88. Oh, yeah. Fuck. And let's not forget, even though it's quite a few years before, in 84, he's got Red Dawn. Oh, yeah. A lot younger there. Wolverines. Okay. Yeah. Closing credits. Would you watch this movie again? Fuck yeah. Yeah, me too. Obviously. Dude, I've seen it so many times. I just, I watched it three weeks ago and then again last night. Yeah, but you're watching it for the podcast. Right, but I'm just saying I could have just watched it through and not watched it with you the other night. Fuck it. Watch it again. Would you recommend this movie to friends? It depends how old they are, but probably. I think I would have no problem recommending this movie. Yeah. Even to people. Well, I guess younger, yeah, because they've never seen like a peak prime Arnie. Yeah. Yeah. I'd totally recommend this. Yeah. MVP of the film. Now, this is the one where you don't have to pick an actor, right? You can pick anybody you want. Uh, okay, so it's a fucking toss up. Verhoeven, you don't get this movie without him, and it doesn't look like that without him, and you don't. It's just not done the same. And Arnie, fuck it, I'm going Verhoeven. Nice, I fucking love it. Yeah, it, it it has to be. You you could still get the performance out of Arnie, and you could still get him being him, but you don't get the visuals and you don't get the feel. You don't get it. It's Verhoeven. I love it. I went with Arnie. Yeah, it's a tough one. Verhoeven was actually my third choice. Really, was- Sharon Stone? No, Ironside. No, not even Quato either. My actual second choice was to give it to the special effects team. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, fuck, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, re- I remember being so blown away by everything in this movie yeah. in 1990. All right. What is fast becoming my favorite part of the podcast? Charge, can you recommend a good double feature to watch with this movie? You just told me this before we started. Yeah. And I thought of one so quickly, not because it's like this film. This was during the time where Arnie had an arch nemesis in the movie industry. Holy shit. And they would go toe-to-toe for either booking what they would consider to be a better role or they would fake the other one out with a head fake. That only happened once and Arnie okay, did this live. Fair enough, but 
I'm going to go with Demolition Man. Knew it as soon as you... Oh. <laughs> Unreal. Sylvester Stallone in Demolition Man okay, with a you- lovely... Um, What's his face in it? Uh, Stand up comedian at the time. Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. Sandra Bullock is absolutely fucking adorable in that movie. So, the second sexiest she's ever looked in a movie. No, sorry, third. There's two above it. Okay, well, second. Number one is Speed for me. And that's number two. So, what's number one? Uh, A Time to Kill. Although, a very serious. Oh, shit. Yeah, I win. Yeah. Dude, so sweaty. Hot, Hot summer nights. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. big win. That's a big win by Mikey Charts. Dude, she looks so fucking hot in that. She has electric chemistry with Matthew McConaughey in that movie. Right? How does he not cheat on his wife? She looks so fucking hot in that movie. Hot summer night. She's sweaty. She's, dude, crazy. That second scene, that scene where he shoots her down? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> not, not in my life. Yeah, I'm, not in my life. I am sorry. Yeah, I'm getting a divorce. That ring is coming off the finger. Yeah, number two speed. And then the very, this one is only funny because of the sex scene where she says, let's have sex. She's just so, it was, as we get on a shocking, another tangent, she is, I I remember watching Demolition Man and seeing Sandra Bullock and I'm like, who the fuck is this? Oh, really? You didn't even, yeah. Too cute and pixie in it? No. I'm like, this, she's amazing. Yeah. Are we going to see more of her? And then when I saw her in Speed, she's unreal in Speed. I'm like, we have, we have a new star. Interesting, yeah, around that time. And then A Time to Kill. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Couldn't be sexier. And then A Weirdo in Wesley Snipes. But yeah, check out Demolition Man as your double feature with okay. Total Recall. So then which, what, do you, what order are you watching them in? Demolition is it, is it, first. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a clue. All right, so I decided to go along the line, stick with, similar to you, science fiction. But I decided to also stay with Philip K. Dick as the... Uh, source material for this movie. Oh. So I went with Minority Report. Oh, you saucy son of a bitch. (laughs) Well done. Well played. Yeah, that's a good one. I like yours. Yours? uh, Sorry to cut you off. Please continue. Well, I was going to say, now for yours, what do you do? Because honestly, you might watch Minority Report second in yours, right? Yeah, yeah. I think like what I love about yours is yours taps into the fun aspect of of what these movies can provide so you start off with demolition man you have a a, a real hopefully if you are willing to just let go and just accept the movie for what it is have a really good time and then you end with total recall which is a good time but it's a little more serious and then for mine you start off with something as if you've seen this movie something a little bit lighter <laughs> with total recall and yeah. then you get into minority report interesting yeah, yeah that's a good I like, call i like your pick though i like it that's a nice double feature I think we both did well, my I, good man. I agree. I agree. Kudos to um, us. What would be this film's legacy? That fucking special effects and the practical effects. The Yeah, 100%. Uh, so ahead of its... Uh, a little bit of ahead of its time, but also of its time. Yep. And I, like the height of its time. It's the best of the best in that era. It's fucking great. Yeah, because we're only two years away from T2. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, this is real good for that time. And then you could also add it into the list of... Arnie's top hits, yep. which would be a big list, but you could easily put this in the top 10. I mean, he's got a ton, but you could top 10 this. He actually doesn't have a ton. He doesn't? It's just the ones, because we love him so much. We so much. Yeah. If you actually look at his filmography, so, you but it's pop- a, the ones we like, like Commando, yep. Predator, Running Man. You'd have, a, a, you'd have right. a spectacular top eight, 
Right, and then it falls off point. And then you'd be like, well, I could probably fit in like three or four more. Yeah, because T2 comes higher in the thing than Terminator, but then after that, the other ones aren't probably making the list. Yeah, true lie. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But, I mean, that, it's a, it's an Arnie hit, no question. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. Arnie hit. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, like I didn't say this as a joke, but in my opinion, the legacy of this movie is the three-breasted lady. Really? Because that's what everyone remembers, and she hates it? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Because anyone who sees it's going to say the three-breasted lady. Yeah. Interesting. I don't mean to diminish the movie in any way. Right. the movie's great, obviously. But I think when people say Total Recall, it's yeah. one of the first things people think of. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did you learn anything from this movie? I didn't even think about it. I mean, I don't know. I did not think about that. Did I learn anything from this movie? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. I learned that Sharon Stone was hot. <laughs> Which was then verified with basic instinct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Charts, what are your final thoughts on Total Recall? What a fun little summertime romp. And if you rewind to the beginning of this podcast, which I'm sure all of you will do, I probably said the exact same thing off the top. That's literally what I think. I loved watching it the other night with you because it's summertime. It's hot. It reminds me of watching a summer blockbuster movie. A lot of times in the summertime when I'm chill at home and like it's a Sunday night, I know I have to work the next day, but I just want something fun to watch. I want to watch a blockbuster summer action flick. And this would easily be on a list of possibles if you were to, you know, open up a top 100 action flicks on whatever category in Amazon or Netflix. If this was there, I'd, I would for sure give it consideration to watch. It's so fun. It's the height of Arnie. It's got really good practical and special effects. It's just fucking fun. It's good. I don't mind watching this. Uh, I've never mind watching it in the past, and I will not mind watching it in the future. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun time. Awesome. Yeah, I'm with you. I had a really great time revisiting this. I was, like I said, going into it, I was a little nervous. I was wondering if it was going to hold up for my memories because, like I said, it's probably been close to 20 years since I last watched this movie. And I'm happy to say that it, it easily uh, lived up to my, my enjoyment and my memories of it. I had a great time with it. What, again, we've mentioned it numerous times throughout the podcast. Seeing the practical effects just really make me so happy. Like I recently rewatched Aliens. Watching that is just a fucking delight. Seeing how they pull stuff off for real without having to rely on CG. And again, I'm not, I'm not complaining about CGI because I have benefited massively. Thank you to the MCU. But I love seeing filmmakers solve the problems of not having CGI and trying to pull off the best possible effects they can with what they had at that time and this movie is quite possibly the pinnacle of it the makeup is spectacular the special effects and practical effects of Quato of Benny's arm everything the three breasts everything are breathtaking and completely believable at no point do you ever be like no nah, that's not fucking there no you believe it's there Arnold is great it is one of his better movies. Mm. Yeah, mm. top five or ten for sure. I I sh- I should make my Arnie list because I I know the two I know three movies would fight hard for number one. Three of them would fight really hard for number one. Well, don't put it to the movie draft because I will kill myself if no. I had to read. How that. about you and I just do an Arnold Ooh, draft and delicious. we make we make them 
watch us do the draft. <laughs> hey, we won't botch it. Huh? <laughs> we won't botch it, though. <laughs> I wonder. Be interesting. Actually, I've, I've thought about that a couple times as just you and I just doing a draft and everyone can watch us and they can comment what the fuck they want. That'd be great. Um, yeah. Okay. It is time to give this movie a rating. Chards? My man. What are you giving Total Recall? Fortunately, I cannot give it a five, but there's no way it's getting lower than a four, so I'm going with a four. Yeah, it's an easy four for me. For sure. It doesn't quite get a five, only in regards for me personally, just from an an enjoyment and entertainment factor. That's the only thing keeping it from a five, because there's no bad performances in this movie. But there's no great performances, and I wasn't enthralled from start to finish but i was thoroughly entertained this is an easy four fuck yeah Yeah. it's a four for sure um just before i actually forgot because i erased one of my notes um i'm not sure how often uh you listen to all all of the episodes but every once in a while um when we do a movie or review a movie that sam hasn't seen he predicts the movie's plot the week before Oh, fuck and we a. play it back after he's watched it. And I usually play it at, near the beginning of the episode, but would you like to hear what he thinks Total Recall He's is never about? seen it. Never seen it. And so he was going to be on here watching it for the first time. Yes. Sam, I'd like to reiterate how unbelievably upset I am that you're not here. Yeah. Okay. He, this one isn't quite as much fun because he. this is, movie's fairly famous. Right. So okay, yeah, I'd he, love to hear he it. He wasn't that far off, but I apologize for those that do listen, they know it's played a lot earlier, but I did remember it the last second, so we're going to play it here as a little treat on our way out. Nice. Here's what Sam thinks Total Recall is about. Sam, what movie are we watching next week? Next week? Um, I'm sorry, I didn't write down who it's with, but I believe it's Chards. That is correct. Mike Chardulo? In person. In person. Yes. He's going to be a person. In studio. I, I don't think I have actually met charts you have not i have not i'm very excited for this we're gonna be talking about another 1990 film continuing the miniseries yep total recall yes sam we learned uh prior to recording you have not seen total recall no i have not so we are going to continue the tradition of sam guesses the plot of total recall okay so i have not seen it yeah um, i haven't looked anything up about it. i'm not cheating on this okay. um but i do have a bit of a preconceived notion of what it's about okay i believe and i hope i have the right movie i really hope i do all right uh, <laughs> um, i think this is the one with arnold schwarzenegger okay um it is some sort of dystopian future sci-fi okay where the implantation of false memories plays somewhat in the plot all i don't right. i don't really have any further um notion than that i'm fairly certain with it being 1990 what i think who i think is arnold schwarzenegger pretty sure that makes it an action movie okay placed somewhere in the in the dystopian future all right some revolving something around uh, the implantation of memories okay yeah. beauty manny's doing a good job of keeping a poker face nice that's good yeah <laughs> I, l- I love when you guess stuff yeah. and it's very enjoyable when we get to play it back okay awesome cool there we go nice job sam sam nails it yeah, nails it. Really good. A little bit, a little bit easier with something like Total Recall. Um, if I ha- if I had it queued up, it would just take me too long to find. Um, you should have heard what he thought Awakenings was about. Oh God! I think if I if I can remember to paraphrase properly, he thought Awakenings was about a uh, a lonely housewife who went through a sexual awakening. <laughs> 
the precursor to how Stella got her groove back, how Granny got her groove back. Yes. Did you, like, did you ever hear, the reason we started doing this, and the reason that I started recording it and playing it back, is a while ago we were watching, we were going to watch Tombstone, and he hadn't seen it. And I was like, do you know anything about Wyatt Earp? And he's like, I don't even know who that is. And I was like, what do you think? He, he thought Wyatt Earp was like a writer from Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. It's yeah. like when you see the videos of you give people the dial phones now and they don't know how to do it. This generation, Manny. Yeah. They it's, don't know. It's a small little thing that we do each week when we're doing a movie he's never, he's never seen, seen before. And as you know, like Sam doesn't watch trailers and, and stuff like that. So um, that's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. So. We, we do get to have a little bit of fun at Sam's expense. He's a good sport about it. But, nice. Uh, I actually forgot to play it, but I was like, I got to play it for charts. Even, I love Even it though so he much. nailed it. What a champ. It's still fun. I like that you can mildly take the piss out of him, too, because yeah. he's not going to know if he's never seen. Like, especially we're picking movies from before he's born. So, yeah. yeah. Um, next week, though, we are continuing our 1990 uh, retrospective miniseries as we are going to be watching Edward Scissorhands with Abby coming back for her third time, climbing up the charts, hot on charts' heels uh, in the all-time uh, appearance uh, list. Um, so, yeah, we're very excited for that. That wraps up today's episode. I would like to thank my co-host today, uh, Michael Chards. Uh, I absolutely love it when you come here. I absolutely love it when you come and stay at my house, as I uh, have had the privilege of having you here all week. It has been a fucking delight oh. and uh, I love when you come on the podcast it's a lot of fun I love doing this with you I love talking movies with you we are desperately trying to race to finish this up because we want to watch a movie so much before, fun before we go to bed I like it's roomies week yeah. I love coming over to stay here especially because now we get to do a podcast together Sam all jokes aside really wish you were here it would have been so much fun I have never met Sam in real life so as he earlier stipulated we've never been in the same room ever together especially discussing movies what a fun time we will put it on the docket for the future and hopefully we can do one uh, yep. coming soon 100% uh, so yeah big thank you to Chards thank you I look forward to you coming on again we'll We'll uh, we'll find another movie so we can get you uh, past Rachel since you're tied. Oh yes, please. Oh yeah, but she's gonna break that soon because she's actually got her next one already scheduled. I'll take a double feature. Sweet, done, done, and done. Demolition Man. Um, all right, so please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you give us a five star rating and a positive review, it does increase the profile of our podcast, allows more people to find us. You can also uh, follow us on Instagram at Sam underscore Manny underscore Movie. You can. Email us at sammanymoviepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Letterbox at Manny42 and Mike Chards, even though following him makes no sense. <laughs> As he does not log a thing, much to my dismay, I would fucking love it. I think that's what I'm going to ask for for my birthday this year. My birthday from this year is for Chards to log the movies he watches. That's going to be my birthday present. Um, yeah, all joking aside, I, we had a great time uh, for the Samuel and Manuel movie podcast. I'm Manny Manuel. And I'm Mike Chardulo. Adios! <laughs>